fully. Howard 100. Thank you all for tuning in. I got to go uh, get my... Hello? I got to go get my... Hello? I got to go get... So fucking uh, loud. Oh, you're loud? I was like, why no, is he screaming? I mean, over the music, I'm screaming. Oh. I, uh, oh. I am freezing. I'm, I'm in a tundra. I'm, in th- <laughs> I'm broadcasting from Alaska today. And uh, now there's something with my air conditioning down here where it says it's 67 degrees. I got it set on 74, but it's down to 67. I don't know what the heck is going on, but hmm. uh, I don't know. One thing I hate is the cold. I am miserable in the cold, and I'm freezing. You left the cold, and you're cold. Now I'm cold. <laughs> anyway, I'll carry on. I know people aren't interested in my temperature readouts, but uh, it's very distracting. Coat. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of going upstairs, <laughs> getting a couple a of sweatshirts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm dying here. I'm, sh- I'm literally shivering. It's crazy the adversity I go through with this show. It's crazy. Um, good morning, everybody. Yeah, we played a little bit of uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash mixed in with Rob Zombie because I'm sad. I want to say something profound about David Crosby. The problem is I'm not really profound, you know. But uh, I did love that guy. I can't tell you. Let's see if I can articulate why I loved him so much. Well, but primarily when he would come on our show, and I think he was on a total of three times, but don't quote me on that. I don't want to pull a George Santos and be accused of lying. But um, I think it was a total of three times, could be twice. I don't know. But every time he was on, oh, yes, my balls are frozen to my chair. Just want to give you an update, just so you know. (laughs) Um, Yeah, give us little updates throughout the show about how you're doing. Right. But uh, anyway, getting back to David Crosby, if I might, uh, first of all, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. The album Deja Vu was one of my favorite albums growing up. And when I say favorite, I'm putting it right in the top five. I remember I had I owned Jimi Hendrix Experience. Uh, I owned uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, Deja Vu. I had uh, the Led Zeppelin album with um, Live and Love and Made. I forget which, uh, you know, in Heartbreaker, I owned that album. I didn't have a lot of albums. And, of course, I had Sgt. Pepper's. So, you know, there's a couple of albums that really stick out in my mind. And, uh, you know, this guy, uh, David Crosby, came on the show so many times. And he was just like such a cool dude. I mean, he just was so open and talking about music, talking about Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. Uh, he was so loose as a goose, he even put his foot in his mouth. I felt bad about it. It was this show where um, David criticized uh, Neil Young's wife. You know, I just, I, I didn't know we were going in that direction. I just said, oh, you know, what do you think about Neil? He's in love. And then, and, and, you know, David made a snarky comment and it did cost them their relationship. But, and I feel bad about that. But uh, David was just so great. I mean, and what a voice, right? I remember his last appearance here. He put out a new album, and I was like, you know, who knows what this is going to be, because he sent me the album to listen to uh, before it came out. And it was new music, and here the guy was 80 years old, 79 years old at that point when they put it out. 
And uh, I was like, oh, gosh, what am I going to do? I'm, I can't lie and say I like the album. I'll just keep quiet. And I listened to the album. It was fantastic. It was fantastic. It really he was, was his last. He was not afraid to put out new music no. right up until the end of his life. And what he said to me was that music's my life. Just because I'm an old man doesn't mean I don't have the music in me. I still enjoy writing and I still enjoy creating new songs. And he was and, writing furiously. You know, he wanted, he had so much music in him. He wanted to get it out. But I loved Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young so much. I didn't get into Crosby, Stills & Nash on that first album. Their first album with Marrakesh Express and... You know, they had a lot of good songs on that album. Um, Marrakesh Express being my least favorite. Right. It was too commercial for me. But I liked um, that whole album. But I didn't get turned on to that album until after Deja Vu. You know, Deja Vu was the first one when Neil Young joined the band. And uh, the first Crosby, Stills & Nash album wasn't all that successful. It was successful, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't huge like Deja Vu was. Adding Neil Young was a stroke of genius but uh with with deja vu each one of those guys wrote oh no nah, no nah, thanks honey it's my beautiful wife beth hey can i tell that george santos story or is that uh all right i'll tell it you look good <laughs> Are you done with your period? Because I might need you. Tonight. Oh, my goodness. Would you Come stop announcing everything? Please, <laughs> please tell my audience if you're done with your period. <laughs> what? Shame on me. <laughs> Love you. I mean, my friend overheard him being denied. Shame. All right. I'll tell Shame. the story. No, I'm okay. Wait, wait. Come here. What? I can't hear you. Try to find the veteran who, who, you know, the whole scam with the GoFundMe. Yeah. We want to help him find another. We want to. We have a dog. Come friend. here and talk. It's okay, honey. I can't hear you. You're 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 making I'm sense. Not coming on air. You look great. You look like a million bucks. Would you stop it? She didn't want to come on because she's busy doing that. Oh yeah, yeah. You're half naked. I think it's a great look. <laughs> <laughs> say, say say what you want to say. First of all, first of all, I'll tell you what. Let me give you an update on Bella the pig. Yeah, everybody's been asking me, and it's yeah. Let okay. me uh, let me uh, talk about that. Honey, this is not good. It, what you look? Yeah. I, Are you feeling ugly? Yeah. You look so beautiful. I just beautiful. woke up. This is terrible. I know, but uh, you, uh, say what you want to say, and then I'll finish the rest. Say about um, first of all, say about what you were just saying about helping the veteran. Oh yeah, the you tell you tell the. I don't even remember what we're talking about now. The whole George Santos. The yeah, I thought you got a report from oh, our, our good friends. Part. Yeah, at North Shore Animal League, saying that he showed up. Well, they didn't tell me there was somebody there adopting. Wrote to me saying that George showed up at North Shore with his publicist to um, take pictures of the animals. Oh, and they told him. Well, maybe Goodbye. it wasn't him. Let's be fair. It, maybe it wasn't. It, him. it could be a false. Report. Um, but that All being right. said, the story about the gofundme where he collected money and then so i mean is this is yeah this, it's well known it's well known yeah where he pocketed the money um we're trying north shore we're all trying to find the veteran whose dog passed away who didn't receive the money and Ugh. ended up dying we have um this amazing litter of puppies at north shore that we're we're hoping that to offer him to adopt so oh. if he if anybody knows him 
to reach out to us, North Shore, or to me. And so we'd love to invite him to our um, headquarters in Port Washington to pick out a puppy. And what was the other thing? Oh, your period. Are we done with that? <laughs> no, uh, Bella the pig. We're oh, Bella the pig. That's right. I, I was sorry. <laughs> Um, well, it's just a waste uh, for me not to be uh, having sexual intercourse with you. Uh, you know what I'm saying? You're and, turned on by me right now? Yeah, I think you look great. <laughs> this is horrible. I love it. Uh, I don't like you. Uh, I mean, I do like you all dressed up, but I think you look great when you're not uh, dressed up. You know. Anyway, um, I... Owner. What am I talking about again? Bella the Pig. Yeah, so no, it's just not good news. It's not good news, but here, I'll tell you what happened. So when I got off the air, and again, the timeline is, I'm not going to go into the full story. If you were listening the last time we were on, the story was there was an auction in Florida for a pig. The pig was presented in a tutu and a tiara, and her name was Bella. They humanized her. Bella even had a middle name, I think. Yeah, like it was like all <laughs> cuteness. There was a couple there that has a, 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 a sanctuary for animals. They save animals like this who are up for auction. So they bid. They won the bid. And when they went to get Bella the pig, they said, where do you want the meat delivered? And they said, no, 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 we don't want the meat. We just want the pig. We're going to bring the pig to our sanctuary. Oh, no, you can't have this pig. This pig has to be slaughtered. There was no sign. There was nothing about the pig having to be slaughtered. But evidently, there's some rules at uh, fairs and with slaughtering and blah, blah, blah. A lot of red tape. In a country where no one's following laws anymore. By anyway. the way, the state said if the CEO of the fair wants to pardon this pig, they are all for it. And yes. she said, absolutely not. I'm livid over this. So she sent Bella to the slaughterhouse. And last I heard, Bella's meat um, was donated to a charitable organization. So yay, Bella. Yay. Oh, it's well, anyway, horrifying. we were upset about it. I got uh, I called. I got the voicemail. But I called the slaughterhouse personally. I called the, um, when I got off the air, I called the, uh, the, the, the fair that held the auction. No, you called the CEO woman. Oh, did I? Is yeah. that who I called? And I don't she, know who I called. Um, I left messages. I left very nice messages for everyone. Well, I was and nice I, to her. I'm not, I'm all right. not happy. But I, right but now. I said very nice messages to her saying if there's some way anyone could step in and, and pardon. She could have. Okay, perhaps I don't know. I listen. I don't know. I just left some very reasonable messages saying, "Come on!" In a country where they're, they're, no one's paying attention to laws anymore, you, you're allowed to go down to Congress and say the vote wasn't fair and th overthrow the government. Why are you worried about this pig? So uh, anyway, it did no good. The they 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 issued a statement that the meat would be given uh, to charity and the pig. And I said, for God's sakes, don't humanize a pig. Don't call her Bella the pig and put her in a tutu and a tiara and then kill her. So uh, they were advertising her as a cute little pig. Right. They weren't. It was there was no, like you said, no sign right. saying what she was. But we tried. Beth tried. I tried. We called that. We called that uh, lovely state senator. Uh, she Tina. Tina. She tried. She was not able to do anything. So thank you, tried. everybody who tried. It's. Just the, it's so sad. It was, so it was silly. It was stupid yeah. because the pig could have had a beautiful life. We and received it wouldn't an have hurt anything. Nobody would no. have been no. denied food. Nobody, nothing would have happened in a bad way. We received an outpouring of support from fans and animal lovers. Meg Weinberger from the Rescue Life Animal Sanctuary in Florida wrote, Thank you 
uh, to the amazing Beth. That's her. That's Meg, who tried to get to who bit on Bella. Right. I know. Ah. Yeah. Uh, to be clear, this is not a state issue. This is 100 percent a choice of the president. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, the state has been amazing in helping since we called on Saturday. Uh, they uh, here's a couple of letters to you, honey. Go, Beth. I called the slaughterhouse and they would not confirm or deny if Bella was still alive. I asked them to do the right thing and turn the pig over to the family. Yeah. In fact, by the time I called, they weren't picking up their phone because I guess they were getting a lot Too of many phone calls. calls, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, I don't fault the slaughterhouse. We no, tried calling them at all. But if by chance they put Bella aside because of all this, get in touch with me. We will never say anything ever right. again. We'll do it on the down I low. Will personally, Howard and I will personally pick her up. Right. And nobody will ever know. And I will um, will change her name and nobody will know. So. Yeah, we'll put her in witness protection. I'll, I'll It'll be like a my... closed adoption. Nobody will right, be able right, to put her right. in the foster room with Jessica Rabbit. <laughs> and even if they arrest us, we won't break. We won't tell how we got <laughs> it. We won't. Um, torture or anything, we won't here's, break. Here's a couple of other uh, emails from fans. Wow, what intense effort to save Bella the pig from slaughter inspired me to reach out and spread the message. Save Bella. Uh, usually this show, we're able to somehow influence things, but unfortunately we weren't. Thank you for bringing attention to Bella's story. We need to save Bella. She needs to be home with her family, for fuck's sake. How freezing is it in <laughs> My here? My nips are... <laughs> I know, I like it. I like really what you... that them. cold. <laughs> My nips are hard. Your nips are ridiculous. Oh uh, listen to this, honey. Here, Angry Alice left a v- angry voicemail about uh, Bella the Pig. Hi, Sarah. This is Angry Alice. Say hello to my friend, Baba Boy. And Howard, with that beautiful head of hair, those beautiful blue eyes, and that slim body. I wish I had a body and beautiful eyes like you, Howard. So stop putting yourself down. But that's not what I was calling about. I want to uh, request that try to save that pig. Don't let them slaughter that baby. Because I love animals. And when it comes down to people, they fucking suck. Want to slaughter that innocent baby in a pig fucking warehouse? So do what you gotta do if it's not too late. You and your beautiful wife, Howard, please save that baby. Okay, bye bye. Well, Alice, we Mm. did try. We did try, but uh, we couldn't get there. So what are you gonna do? That's compassionate, Alice. I like compassionate, Alice. Yeah, we haven't heard her in a long time. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, you look miserable. It's so cold in here. Do you want me to get you a... No, I'm wearing a coat, and I think it's going to warm up, I hope. I can hand you Cocoa Melon. She's warm. Yeah, she's like a little blanket. but uh, (laughs) Heating pad. (laughs) Yeah, she's so cute. (laughs) Yeah, all right, well... uh, She just peed on me. She did? Yeah, she Mm -hmm. can't pee on her own, so I was picking her up to take her over the litter box to stimulate and do her bladder, and she peed all over me. Eat all over. Yeah, it didn't get there in time. It's okay. Special needs. Why don't you sit on my lap and warm me up? <laughs> <laughs> all right, carry on, my sweets. You look good. Hey, boner. I like are those pajamas or sweatpants. A sweatpants. Nice. Oh, look, my panties are showing. Yeah. <laughs> I love hot chicks. All right. All right. Panties. Later on, you're done with your period, right? My period is officially over. Okay, today yeah. we'll. See if we can't get something going. You should have a flag. (laughs) (laughs) She's always on her period, you know. I thought my period had ended because I skipped one, remember? And I thought the whole menopause thing was going to start happening. But now it's back full flow. 
Yeah. Once a month. Actually, it's like earlier than once, sooner than once a month. I don't know what that's. Yeah, it gets yeah, uh, irregular. That's part of the process. Oh, not fun. I just feel so upset about Bella the pig that I just need comfort and love. So uh, I know I've been really um, in a dark, dark place this weekend. I think if I bang it. you, uh, it'll, it'll help you. I'm just doing it for you. I, I don't need it. I'm. It's just, medicinal, uh, right? I want you <laughs> to get some help. <laughs> By the way, I have two amazing new fosters, two-year-old siblings, a boy and a girl. If anybody in Florida is looking talk. to adopt, check out my Instagram because they're awesome and. It's a lot of work in the fast room right now. They could use, they use a, they need a home. Yeah. Well, later on, I'll give you my rescue hog. Okay. There's one you can save. All right. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm I'll just kidding. You, you look great. I'm I listening. love you. Okay, bye. I love you and uh, God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There you go. Well, now you got the update. Anyway, getting back to David Crosby. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It is cold in here. Uh, getting back to David Crosby. So, uh, yeah, that's a horrible story about Bella the pig. It was just they humanized the pig, and then all of a sudden people want to save it. And people, yeah, start to have feelings for it. Hey, by the way, yesterday, before I get back to David Crosby, I was a real man. I watched the uh, Bengals play the Buffalo Bills in the, the snow. <laughs> How do you say it? Bengals? Bengals? Yeah, what do I say? Bangles? Like bangle yeah, bracelet? Like the, or like the rock group. The Bengals. Yeah, ba- <laughs> no, you say Bengals. Bengals. Yeah. I'm just saying, I you're say, saying like the rock group, the Bengals. You're saying yeah, I, I am. watch the Bangles. Like these girls got out there and played. Here, you know what, Robin? Here's the problem with you. I'm trying to be masculine, and now you're, <laughs> you're, you're feminizing me by saying uh, you say Bangles. <laughs> You're right, but I mean, could you give me some masculinity for two? Uh, I'm going to try and talk manly. Well, I was trying to help. I'm sorry. It doesn't look good if you're more manly than I am. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to be masculine here. (laughs) Well, I didn't watch the game, so you're much more manly than me. The Bengals. I I want to say Bengals. (laughs) The Cincinnati Bengals. That's what you say, Howard. I don't know what... I, I don't know what Robin is trying to do. That's how you say bangles. Cincinnati bangles. That's how you say it. It's right. Not. I'm right, JD. You're it's, right. How do you spell it? B E N. That's not bangles. That's bingles. Cincinnati bangles. Whatever. You can say it either way. All right. I know I'm not crazy. It's the Cincinnati bangles. It's not, bangles. not the bangles. It's bangles. Say it, Richard. Richard, say it. The, Richard, the, you're sick. Stand up, shut up. Uh, say it. Say the it. Cincinnati Bengals. No, he's not. Oh, bing, he's not he's a bingo, Bengals. Bingos. The Cincinnati Bengals. Say it again. Wait. It, Could everyone qu- like, quiet down? Okay. Now talk. Go. The Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> it's, it's basically the same thing. Come on. Bing, it is no. not. Bengals is what Susanna Hoffs was in. Hold it. <laughs> You're saying Bengals. Bengals. No. You're saying something totally goofy. It's like bingo when he says it. Like Bing Crosby, bingles. <laughs> Let Just me ask you Bing something, Crosby. Richard. Yeah. This is kind of weird because this is how you and JD last year ended up in a bet. It was Cincinnati versus <laughs> Kansas City. That's how the cum hat happened. I remember the bet like it was yesterday. You, um, <laughs> you, you said 
I want to see JD's penis if Cincinnati loses. Yep. And I want to see it for, for 20 or 30 seconds, and you wanted to draw it. Yes. And, and if, J, and JD said, well, if you lose, uh, we get to come on your, your Kansas City Chiefs hat and shirt. <laughs> Actually, there wasn't really anything I wanted. Sal was the one that, like, Sal offered that Sal up. Sal yeah. offered that up. I was like, all right, fine. That sounds good. Yeah. Enough. Originally, he had Richard, JD was uh, just what do you, what do you have? Jersey. What do you have? COVID? No, I, uh, I went out, I went out this weekend for the first time in a very, very, very long time to the Eagles game and I'm feeling it. Screaming uh, at, at the Eagles game. Screaming at the, screaming my lungs out, tailgated all day. It was one of the best days of me and my wife's lives and it was, and the Eagles fucking crushed the Giants, which was awesome. The <laughs> Eagles over there. I'm hey, going to give root, you, I, root I get into, happy, I, I life, get happy into, life. <laughs> I get into football about now. Ralph texted me, said, Hey, the Bengals are playing <laughs> the Buffalo Beals, <laughs> the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, the Jessica Beals. <laughs> uh, uh, the Bengals were playing the Bills. And uh, I should tune in. It's good because it's in the snow and anything can happen. And God, what a snowstorm up in Buffalo. It was, Jeez. It was a fun game to watch with the snow. I love that. Yeah, it was great. Although I get like, well, like even when they got to kick an extra point, I'm like, shit, the guy's going to go sliding <laughs> on that snow because isn't that AstroTurf also and the snow together? I mean, it must be a very slippery surface my god it looks like it I'm looks not sure like buffalo's it. turf or grass but well yeah. some and now some i couldn't tell is it turf or grass does anyone know? i don't i don't know i um, think it's grass I, if i had to guess i okay. think uh, i think well at least you get some now traction these are the manly grass. kinds of conversations is it turf <laughs> or grass well turf you can see the black uh little black beads like yeah. flying up and stuff and i i don't I think see. i don't remember seeing that in buffalo if that is grass i want those guys i want to hire those guys to help my grass in my house i cannot get my grass right i'm telling that was the greenest motherfucking grass i know i can't be green believe in the middle of a snowstorm that's what i'm saying that's why i thought it was um astroturf <laughs> Yeah, it's I don't turf. Know. It's turf. It's turf. Buffalo. Yeah. Buffalo yeah, is, is turf. Definitely. Yeah, it's got to be. How could it be lawn if, if, it, it, well, anyway. It, it defies point. science. Yes. Right. Yeah. Anyway, turf and snow seems like a fucking crazy, slippery kind of thing. So whenever those guys had to kick a field goal or something like a extra point, I'm sitting there going, they're going to go sliding. This is going to be funny. <laughs> but uh, it never happened. I don't know. They must wear but really good have, cleats. They have special shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah. have cleats. Uh, it's like they have snow tires on. Right. Well, there was a there, Howard. There was a big story with the Dallas Cowboys and their kicker. Uh, I don't know what was going on with him, but he what kept was going on extra points. I know. And, uh, and I felt bad for him. I, I was watching last night, and he ended up making a couple field goals. So I guess he got you know better in his head with kicking but man he was missing a lot of extra points who was the was that the same guy the week before that was missing no, all the that was yeah. the tampa bay buccaneers who couldn't right. uh, make an extra point no Can it was imagine? still dallas but it they was still, still dallas? dallas yeah oh wow yeah, what's going on with that guy? Because his regular season average was like 95% or something. I mean, the guy was really good. What happened? Yeah. He just got weirded out, huh? Must be a mental thing got if I yips. had to guess. Yeah. Yeah. I anyway, felt really bad for him. Um, anyway, oh, the official pronunciation is, Robin's right, 
Ben gals, like Ben Stern, Ben gals, Ben gals. So from now on, everyone will say the Cincinnati Ben gals. First of all, what I remember ben is the Ben gals my, my buddy, my buddy Marco Battaglia was with the Ben gals for a while, and um, uh, so I, I I always remember that, and I always used to root for them when he was on the team, but. But I just remember the Bengals being a fucking joke <laughs> yeah. of a team. Like he never yes. like like when JD was the, a fan of theirs. I was like, oh god! I mean, it must be so frustrating. It's worse than being a Jets oh, or yes Giants fan. Yeah. Yes. So uh, anyway, yesterday Ralph texts me. You know uh, the 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 Cincinnati Beng- Bengals are playing Buffalo Bills. <laughs> And I go, okay, you know what? I'm in. I'm going to start watching. I better now because we're getting close to the Super Bowl. First of all, I like Tony Romo very much. I think he is an excellent broadcaster. Yeah. Yes. What was he, a a quarterback, Tony Romo? Yes. For Dallas. A better uh, commentator than quarterback. Am I correct? I mean, everything he seemed to say about what they needed to do seemed right on. I, 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 I don't think he was talking nonsense. He seems to know what he's talking about. Well, he'll he'll talk about like what they could do, and then the team will do it. And a yes. lot of people compliment him on that. Like he can kind of almost see the future because you know he played for so long. He kind of knows what's coming. A couple of things drove me nuts about the game. First of all, Ralph was texting me during the game about his betting strategy, <laughs> and this drove me crazy. He bet. Listen to this. He bet on Buffalo, and he bet on the Bengals. And uh, you would not believe it. I said, what do you mean? He goes, I took Buffalo straight up in a straight up bet. And I took the Bengals with the points. They got four and a half points. So I guess what he was banking on is a close game. And if there was a close game, he theoretically could have won both bets. That's what I think he was thinking. But it was driving me nuts that (laughs) it, it seemed to one seemed to. It'll knock off the other. other, The other. But but according to him, he said, this is what you have to do to win. You know, if you're going (laughs) to win at betting. He's got a system. He lost both of those then, right? Well, he straight up Buffalo. Straight up Buffalo, he lost. And then, uh, but he had the Bengals with the points. So there you go. Okay. Yeah. Bengals, Bengals. (laughs) So, uh, I watched, it's driving JD crazy that they're the Bengals now. No, the Bengals are actually the cheerleaders. That's the name of their cheerleading. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yes. <laughs> ah, the Bengals. <laughs> well, I tuned in the game and I said, why? I, I wrote, Ralph, I said, why am I rooting for the Bengals? And, uh, <laughs> and, and I go, for I JD. said, I guess, I said, because of JD, I guess, you know, I, I, I know it makes JD happy and I'm like, picturing him rocking back and forth watching the game yes, so i thought yes. gee this is kind of fun i'm being masculine i'll text jd and i'll tell him i'm watching the game and then i said oh, you know what's going to happen i'm going to text him i'm watching the game and that i'm rooting for the bengals and he's going to go you jinxed it you jinxed yes. the game yes yeah <laughs> this is why they lost or something some bullshit like that and i went you know what fuck it i'm not gonna bother the guy howard you know i think I mean? the exact same thing when i think about texting him during games i'm like he's gonna get pissed if something goes the wrong way and blame me <laughs> uh well i i wouldn't uh i i wouldn't I think I'd be okay. I might not respond to you immediately. I might wait a little bit to see what happens before Listen, I respond. First but, of all, uh, I'm your boss. You respond immediately. You don't uh, <laughs> fuck around with that. I'm, I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to. I'm not going to respond to you. 
No, stop. If you don't, if you don't like me, I don't eat. But who cares? Is my Bengal? I got to so, see uh, if you're a jinx. <laughs> yeah, 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 I got to, I got to put my toe in the water and see if you're a jinx. He's got to so, uh, first. Well, anyway, I, uh, you know, first, of all, Richard. You're so annoying. You went to an Eagles game. Don't you think you're going to be on the air and you're going to save your voice? You're screaming yeah, you know, and yelling. Sunday, you got to save your voice. And I also, have a voice. How old are you again? Uh, what am I now? 48? About to be 49. 48 years old and you can't shut up and just enjoy the game. You got to scream and yell. <laughs> got to scream like were a you, maniac. Were you, saying, yeah. were you screaming in the parking lot during the Chiefs game and you were also screaming in the Eagles? Well, you should have heard me scream when I saw Mahomes get injured. I was, uh, the fucks were flying. I, I was fl- freaking the hell out. Well, let me ask you about that. As you know, uh, Mahomes, uh, they, they did the x-ray. He's got an upper high ankle, ankle sprain. Yeah. High ankle sprain. Will, will Mahomes, uh, you know how that shit works. Uh, during the game, you're, you know, you're, you're all pumped up, but then after the game, you can have some serious pain. Will yeah. Mahomes play against the Bengals? He will opinion? play. He will play, but I don't think he'll be mobile. I think he's going to be. You know, very careful with that ankle. But, hey, I'll take a non-mobile Mahomes over any other quarterback. He's still, he did Richard. a throw. Did you see the throw where he, after yes. he got injured, and he jumped and threw it and then could oh, walk off the field? He's like, he's incredible. Will you admit that uh, this Burroughs uh, guy is uh, Burrow? Is he Burrow. Is better? He's be- He's the number one quarterback, right? Not no. not not Mahomes. Never, you don't. I'll you would admit, admit that. that. No, JD. No will way. you admit that? What do you think, JD? Who's a better uh, quarterback? Oh my! It is very. It is very close. I can only give it to Patrick Mahomes because Mahomes is one a Super Bowl. So until Burrow wins the Super Bowl, uh, but uh, it is very close. Uh, and but I'm according ter- to, I'm to, to, to I I think Mahomes is uh, he's. He's better at like making up things on the fly and like doing throws like without looking or whatever. Those sidearm throws, no look passes, they're I think, amazing. I think Joe Burrow is better at uh he's a like a chess like he sees the field and knows what to do and and that's But he thing. looks and that makes him bad. Well, no. You know what I mean. <laughs> JD. <laughs> would you consider as some people are saying that the Bengals are dirty players and they'll go after that ankle and Richard <laughs> Does that concern you, JD? First, it does. It does. Uh, uh, I I think they will be. Uh, listen, if Mahomes is out there, uh, like he's putting that, that's his that's his problem. Um, right. You know, if someone and like, there's a lot of fucking thing. I mean, the, the 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 Bengals have lost three linemen over the past three or four weeks of, from people just rolling Who on their did? ankles. And Who the, lost three linemen? The Bengals, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Bengals, the Bengals. The Bengals. <laughs> Say it right, JD. But. <laughs> After two oh, teams, here, here, right. here we go. Here we go. Yeah, you're one to talk, John. Go ahead with your dirty player bullshit. Go ahead. Hey, I, well, what is this? I was just. I gonna know what you. I know I was just going to congratulate you on the win and you proclaiming Joe Burrow to be the best quarterback in the NFL. That's really interesting. <laughs> Howard, the Bengals have a notorious history of going after players. And, oh, stop and it! They do. They do. Well, and like what? Like who? 
You really want me to do the list oh, here? Like, like the you Steelers talk, do against you talk about Palmer? perfect? You want to talk about the number of guys who have been laid out uh, on that oh, Cincinnati listen, turf perfect, and okay, had to be perfect, carried off? Perfect and Pac-Man Jones haven't been with the team in, okay, in like five, six years. All right, calm down over there. All right, regardless how. The new look, culture. I, look, the Bengals, the, excuse me, the Bengals look great. And, <laughs> Bengals. Uh, uh, you know, even yeah. with DeMar Hamlin and Buffalo and the, and, and Buffalo just choked big time yesterday and I lost a lot of money on them. But aside from that, I think that the when you look at these two teams, Mahomes is definitely going to play, but he can't run. And if he can't run, that tremendously favors favors the Bengals, who beat the Chiefs how the last couple of times. How do you know how much rehab he needs in a week? Oh, Rob, well, he's saying extensive research on this. John is saying <laughs> if Mahomes is injured and cannot run, this is his prediction. Now, um, I heard Mahomes say he's going to be taking care of his body this week, and he's going to be fine to play. He's going to play. All, and then John picked the, the Bills. John picked the Bills to go to the Super Bowl. So realize <laughs> that no one is an expert, even John Hines. But, <laughs> but he does speak with authority, and you seem to think he knows what he's talking That's about. That's right. All right. I'm saying, Howard, if you know that Pat Mahomes is injured and his strength of his game is running and football is a very violent game, you're going to try and get him out of that game. You are. I mean, it's it's just like chemo did to Carson Palmer. It's just the way it goes. <laughs> yeah, but Chad, by the way, Chad by the way, Jesus. by the way, it breaks my heart when I see these guys really get banged up this bad. It really does, because they're such great athletes and the game is so, as you say, violent. That, I mean, these great athletes in the prime of their career, unlike baseball players or basketball players or any other sport, any tennis other players, sport. Yeah, yeah that, I mean, these guys go and bash each other with these hard helmets. And when they go down, you know, I'm surprised more guys don't have heart attacks right on the field. I th- was particularly impressed during the Bills uh, Bengals game yesterday that uh, here that dramatic. This was great to me. Beautiful, dramatic moment. The guy who had the heart attack. <laughs> on the field he's there and he's holding up this upside down heart thing that the kids do you know with the heart and his hands mm-hmm. and, and the whole crowd goes crazy and then the Bengals just go ahead and score a touchdown right after that uh, right. demar hamlin it was like How dare this is they? the yeah this is the opposite of a movie moment he's there he's, the, the team gets inspired by their hero and then they lose. <laughs> it was he fucking allegedly- crazy. JD, did you like that? Well, he he also allegedly went down uh, to the team in ha- halftime and gave a speech or talk. <laughs> oh or no! Uh, and, the, and then the Bills came out and kicked a field goal. So uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I guess they only had one movie moment in them, and that was the That's game right. the week after that yeah. uh, incident. Listen. The so NFL this brings did all up, they could. The NFL did all they could to try and get a Chiefs Bills uh oh, AFC championship. Stop. And, oh, uh, stop. What do you mean by that? What do you mean by that, JD? They changed the rule, you know, the Bengals uh Bills game was canceled. So and the the so that messed up the seeding in regards to the AFC. So they changed the rules and they w- decided to do a coin flip if the Bengals uh and the Ravens were put, gonna play it was a whole fucking thing. The John, you say that's it. bullshit. What do that's you say? Ridiculous. That's JD's crying, okay? Because the <laughs> crying is truth. Because I'm not the only happened. one saying it, John. I have uh, independent sources also saying this stuff. Who are your independent, independent sources? sources? I have to go, <laughs> I have to go on Google that? or whatever. It's what are you JD, JD is doing an investigation. Yeah. He's got independent sure. sources. I, 
They I'm have, a, I, hold on. I make sure I'm not in a Bengals bubble. All right. I like oh, to see. It. Okay. And there are there okay. are there are other people saying the Bengals were a little treated unfairly. So there you go. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm glad you believe you're not in that bubble. You've been in that bubble for years. And Howard, what happened was they, years. they couldn't play that game. So in order to make it fair, they said, "All right, we're going to do a neutral field because Buffalo should have been the one seed if they won that Cincinnati game." It had nothing to do with hating the Bengals or. Oh trying no! To oh, the Bengals could have been the number two seed. Also, there, that's there was irrelevant. That, that where was, was that? Where was the coin flip for fucking? Or where was the neutral site? Did there's the going to be a coin flip for the Ravens game. Oh, you know no. that. Well, why didn't they do a neutral site for Bengals uh, Bills? Why didn't they come up with that? No, it was just for oh. Chiefs Bengals. What because... am I listening to? WFAN? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Hit him with the high. WFAN, if, uh, if, if you can't understand one of the guys. I like when you argue, J.D. And your voice starts to get like this, because what happened with the bagels? What, 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 the Buffalo bagels. Yeah. Howard, Richard, it's almost a, flirt, a flirty argument between them too. I love it. It's R- like they're, you know, like high school, hey. a guy and a girl in high school that love they're, each they're other. Go ahead, John. John, John yeah. has a point to make, a serious I, I, point. Go ahead, John. Okay, one, I love JD. He's one of my best friends in the world. I'm allowed to text JD during the games, by the way, because right. now that the Bengals have won, I'm in the permitted text group. But that aside, <laughs> Richard told me he wanted Cincinnati to win because yes. now the Chiefs get to play at home. And the Bengals have to travel to Kansas City, which they've done before, and they've beaten them before. So even though the Chiefs are a slight favorite, everybody thinks... That Cincinnati is going to win this game. I, it would, oh, I JD, you don't like I'm this. You, you feel that's a jinx when John I, when John says stuff like that. I know exactly. Look at his smile. I know exactly what he's, <laughs> oh, he's doing. The jinx, yeah, he's doing the jinx. There is no okay. okay. Oh, you feel no, John just jinxed the Bengals by going and saying that, Howard, uh, Howard JD thanked me for jinxing the Bengals into the Super Bowl last year. What? Okay? <laughs> he loves when I do this because the <laughs> Bengals end up winning. But their defense, the way they played, and Mahomes banged up, they have the Chiefs number. I truly believe that Cincinnati will be going back to the Super Bowl again to lose for the second consecutive season. I, I mean, nothing wow. nothing last year could beat what happened on the air when this, uh, you know, Richard, well, you wanted to see JD's penis really badly, oh, yeah. and, and 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 JD wanted to rip up your shirt, and we said that's not enough of a penalty. And then Sal came up with, "Hey, I'm going to come on your Kansas City uh, Chiefs hat and shirt." And um, so, uh, you know, JD announced to me that he will not make any penis-related bets this year. Is that but, right? Yeah, but yes. JD. <clears throat> JD, no, you said, well, one sec, JD, you said something really interesting, which is sad about your relationship with Richard. You said, <laughs> if you could be guaranteed a Super Bowl win for the Bengals, that you would stop being friends with Richard for five years. You'd have no contact with oh him and not God. even talk to him. Yeah. What well, the first fuck? Of, first of all, that was not a definitive answer, but I had to think about it. I still, I am still, th- it would still, I'm What's there to think about? I've known you for almost 20 years. You're gonna just and he's going to stop me? talking to you. <laughs> First and, you think, and you think after five years I'll just go, go right back to being your friend well, again? Listen, there's a lot of caveats or whatever that I would have to answer with this uh, sort of uh, hypothetical. All right, I, John Blit asked me this question like two seconds after the Bengals won, so uh, you know. And then what about at the office? You would just like I would be invisible to you there. <laughs> I listen. I don't. Richard is still. Uh, 
I, I, leave me. This is I hate. This is why I hate Blit, and I hate these fucking dumbass <laughs> questions because they're not fucking real. And whatever. well, it is real to me. I'm hurt that you would oh, even consider it. something like that. Well, listen, you, you, the Chiefs have won the Super Bowl, all right? The, the Bengals the are way like it would, DNA the way the, the way it would work. The way it would work is if JD, like he would say to Satan. Listen, Satan, <laughs> if you let the Bengals win, oh, if you that. let the Bengals win, I will <laughs> s- never talk to Richard again. I will never look at him again. In other words, it's like what a, a, a son does when he estranges his father. You know what I mean? Like you would just yeah, not he exist. Shunned, he's going to shun Richard. He's oh, going yeah. to I would be five years. his eyes, won't yeah. speak to him, won't acknowledge his presence. I, well, Robin, I, you remember when like the Amish shunned someone. Yeah. Uh, most people just can't even deal with it. I mean, like right. JD would be an Amish father shunning his own daughter oh who became a, a stripper in a bar. But, it, but at least yeah. when somebody gets shunned by the Amish, I think they go away to like another part of the country or something. No, you would be still- shunned. Well, that but work. I'd still have to work Shame. with Jay. I'd be that's next right. to him at the office, and he it's would ignore exile. me. It's not exile. You're yes, going to be shunned. He's going to yeah. turn his back on you. Well, no, that would have to be part. Like, I would have to not be able to see him ever. No. That's, that would have to the, be part the, of the, the Get out of here. Or whatever. The, fun would be, the fun would be watching you shun him. And like not <laughs> no, I can't do that. I, lo- I well, if I see Richard, I would want to talk. I can't do that. I, can't. I see because you guys love oh, watching gay porn together. Well, you guys know, yeah, yeah, I did think about it, Robin. I wasn't thinking about it last night. Two seconds, I was still in a fucking high of the Bengals beating the Bills. Yeah, Howard, we bonded over watching gay porn together. That was oh, like, oh, when oh, I started don't working. Don't you guys here. exchange the good ones? <laughs> yeah, oh, I have a favorite. Well, I think. Uh, what I was going to say is. That's no. our favorite porn star, by the way. <laughs> Making that noise. It, you is. it is. Well, he's in the movie anyway, he's Jason in the movie. Branch. Yeah. But I was going to say, right. Richard, I was going to say, I told Blit, I go, Richard can't answer this question because the Chiefs have already won the Super Bowl. So we don't know what Richard would think. Uh, he could think the same way, or he, he might need the thought to think about it what too. What are you talking about, James? I don't know. <laughs> hey, can you be honest? <laughs> I, I gotta be honest. I, that was I, confusing. I, like Robin, I was gonna say, well, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Never mind. What is that? <laughs> Forget it. Never mind. Oh. He said <laughs> Richard uh, would need to think about thinking of chiefs and thinking of the thinking. <laughs> I was trying to say, you can't ask that same question to Richard. What because question? Richard's uh, would he? Would Richard shun me for a Chiefs to win a Super Bowl? No, would I you? wouldn't do that because well, you're well, my friend. That's no. you know that, you're well, my you friend. Know, but the Chiefs have already won a Super Bowl too, so it's not. even if they hadn't, oh, I would not oh, do that to you. Oh. I'm your friend. I'm well, well, I would like. Hold on. Hold on. I would like to think I would do. This. I just had to think about it. You know what do you want from me? All right. Here's the bet. I think it should be <laughs> no, no. All right. All right. And your penis is not involved, JD. Okay, that's the good news. I was uh, Howard. I was going to ask you if feces can be involved this time. Oh, no, no, come on. no, 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 no. Nothing wrong. We like can't have people. bodily fluids involved. No. We always Here's get what shut I think. down. That's the thing. Straight I up, bet. straight I up bet. If the Bengals win, 
Richard or Richard, if, uh, you know, whoever loses the bet has to lick peanut butter off of Sal's balls. No, no, no. Oh. Yes. That's the thing. I'll I'm do not that. doing uh, I, I'll I do don't, that. That's the thing. I can't bet with this guy. He's a fucking lunatic. He'll do whatever the fuck he wants. <laughs> Man I, up, JD. Come I'm on. Not manning, I'm not doing that. Your bingos are favored. You probably won't have to do I'm it. I'm not licking. No, I'm not doing anything. Uh, anyway, come on, JD. Don't you, you want team? <laughs> don't you want to see uh, Richard lick Sal's balls? Yeah, but I don't want to risk myself having to do it. And to, to, oh, you that, won't that, have that, to. The Bengals are going to win. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. confidence in their team. That's all, no, I'm not getting bullied into anything like this anymore. I'm not done with that. <laughs> <laughs> bullied. Bullied in the ball. He's always totally, bullied. Come on, JD. Sal, Sal talked to his I'm going to slather angels. my nuts up for you. Sal will talk to his fucking spirits and fucking cheeks of Bengals all over again. We'll, like even make, we'll make a chunky peanut butter. JD, I'll, Get a little nuts in there, too. I'll jab some uh, cheese no. doodles into the peanut butter. No, shut up. <laughs> all right. All right. What about Sal's this? Sal's balls bet? need attention. Come on. Yeah. Somebody needs yes. to lick those things. <laughs> <laughs> this is problem. Not His mine. wife ain't gonna do it. Yeah, and he can't uh, reach that far. Right. He's not that limber. <laughs> she kicks him. She doesn't lick them. <laughs> well, that is one suggestion for a bet. The other Beth. suggestion was that whoever uh, whoever loses the bet, Benji jerks off the loser to completion. <laughs> wow, that's right. <laughs> Wow! No. No. Oh my God, that's hilarious. So if you lose, JD, Benji yeah. would uh, give you a hand job. No, Benji will make you feel better. No. Yeah. Hey, I've, I've been jerked off by Benji. He's got nice hands. Yeah. yeah. You said it was good, right? It was fine. Yeah, he's got. I think he uses lotion and stuff on his hands. They, they were soft. He. I don't think he's ever done like hard labor where he has calluses. On all right, so here's I'm, a realistic I'm in bet. for that one, too. You're or, in for that, too. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Or my third idea was the winner, uh, well, the loser of the bet would have to wipe the, lin the winner's ass after he shits. Okay. Oh, my God. Jesus you in on that, Richard? Christ. Yeah, yeah. You'll I'm in that? on pretty much everything. I know. That's yeah, I don't think I, you can name anything fuck? he won't do. I just want to put up money. I, I don't want to do... Uh, that's yeah, money, money is boring. I don't care. Like, don't I'm a boring guy. Money. I don't have to tell you. <laughs> what money a little excitement in your life. <laughs> I know. I know. No. This is, you don't understand. I, uh, How about so this, J.D.? How about oh. this? The loser has to groom the winner's private parts, like do a nice shave. And, yeah, uh, no. Yeah. I don't want him to... I don't want, okay. But... <laughs> You in, Richard? I'm in. I, no, All right. No. <laughs> hey, I, I just want to. Hey, be Benji. Clear, not... Benji. Uh, so, Benji, you. This would be a good bet. Whoever loses, <laughs> you have to jerk off to completion. Oh God, no! Wow, I love being getting to be part of the show. But well, you no, win. I, I mean, you get to, you get to handle these guys. You get I'm to not touch one of these guys. No. I'm not jerking off, JD. <laughs> I mean, with a glove. Really? Absolutely not. Why? Come on, Benji. Huh? You're not attracted not? to him? You don't no, like JD? I no. I mean I love JD. Why will you jerk off Richard but not JD? It's a different kind of relationship. <laughs> 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 no, I'm not jerking off either guy. Aww. That was like a crazy fucking moment. That was to be funny. If oh, I thought you were up for that. 
That you don't I mean, think this would be, be funny, too. You don't think it would be funny if J.D. comes all over your hand? That's it will be <laughs> funny. Then, then next year, J.D. can fuck <laughs> me and stuff. I mean, like, yeah, okay. okay. But yeah, wait on that. Like, don't do that right away. It's a build-up. We don't want to do it right away. I can't keep doing these bets every fucking year. My heart, I'll have a heart attack. Well, hey, but you know it's a jinx. It's a jinx, J.D., if you don't do some kind of wacky bet on the air. You want to win this. No, it's not a jinx. No, stop it. It's a jinx. That's a jinx. You're jinxing your team. You got to do the same thing. You did last year. It jinx will be worth it. Then it's fine. I'm not fucking. Uh, <laughs> and JD, get used to it. Your team's good now. You're gonna be in this situation every year. We're gonna make bets. No, we're not. No, I, no. How about well, this happened? bet? How what about this? What? How about Go this ahead. bet? While we got Benji on, whoever wins and whoever loses, Benji blows both. All right. <laughs> He blows everybody. What? We run a train yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> it, it, you win or lose. We run Benji a train blow you. The loser gets the mouth, the, the ah. winner gets the ass. <laughs> Listen, there's got to be some kind of crazy pet. I mean, uh, you no, got to have something. Be anything. I don't know. Has Sal be been thinking? He usually comes up with these things. Yeah, he probably came up with the balls. Fucking Richard, it's all, it's a, what about yeah. this? Are you in on this? The winner lights the loser on fire. You in on that? Yeah. yeah okay. I'll do that. Good. All right. JD, you in on that? <laughs> oh, like a part God. of my arm or something? Sure. I, hey, sure. I mean, burns you. Part a, of your a, arm. A, uh, the whole arm. Yeah. <laughs> Full body. Full body. I, you, you know, it's a, it's a corny thing, but maybe involved with something with JD, like going bald for, for, the, for the next five years. <laughs> nah, you know what? He doesn't want to do. It. He's got enough problems. Five years. Um, That's like a prison sentence. What's yeah, wrong I can't do that to my man. Uh, but you know what it is? How about this? Here's a nice, easy one. Richard, I know you're yeah. in on this. JD, <laughs> okay. the loser has to stick Ronnie's vibrating egg up their ass on air and okay. like keep it in there, and then we turn it on and see what happens. You'll yeah. you'll control it. <laughs> yeah. Ronnie can control it. <laughs> Ronnie no, knows how to work yeah. that thing. You wouldn't have uh, to see. Oh, hold on, you oh, hold on. If you wouldn't have to see the egg in my ass or anything, no, we got to see you put it in. I mean, come oh, on. Oh no, no, I can't. I'm not showing. Oh man, we'll just show your face then when you put it in. We just. Well, I, yeah, I would do. Th th I could do that, but I, yeah, I'm but I know sure. you. You won't put that egg all the way up your ass. We have to have somebody insert. Uh, <laughs> you know, Richard has to insert it. Yeah. No. Yeah, the other person has to insert it. Oh, I, I don't want to do that either. You don't want Travis, to go ahead. Travis, you're on the air. You might like hey, it. Now. All right, I think I have the perfect bet. Uh, JD, you like collecting sports cards. So if the Chiefs win, you are not allowed to buy it for a while. And for you, Richard, you like celebrating Halloween. You are not able to if uh, the Bengals uh, win. <laughs> mm. In other words, I'm going to cheat be... on that one. When, when nobody's looking, I'm going to be celebrating Halloween. <laughs> you can't yeah. stop him. He'll be listening to music. I mean, how exactly. are you going to stop all this stuff that yeah. he does? We can't, it's a good gonna... idea, but we can't uh, we can't monitor it unless John Blit moves in with him. Yeah, he would. He would. All he right, would. I got an idea. I got an idea. Richard, if you win the bet, you get to jizz all over JD's cards. <laughs> I was going to say his five favorites. His five favorite cards. Oh, God. Yeah, but you know what he'll do? He'll say they're his favorites, but they really won't be his favorites. Right, right, right. Maybe John uh, Hine knows which ones he really, yeah. really does love. Right. Like well, what the can most we do to you? Ones. 
JD jizzes all over my favorite Halloween memory. I don't want to jizz on anything of his. That's the thing. I don't want to jizz. I don't want to do anything with jizz. Sal. That's the other thing. Sal, like, you always know what to do. Sal knows what to do. What's the bet here, Sal? You came I up think with it. JD, if, I think uh, last year we came on the hat. So I think if Richard loses, it would be great for JD to shit inside Richard's hat. I'm not shitting okay. in the hat. Okay. Go ahead. And then put it on Richard's head. Uh, oh, and my God. Can't, it'll never <laughs> wow. happen. See, that one I got to think shit about. It's a shit hat. No, you got to wear a shit hat. A shit hat with a shit hat. <laughs> well, we'll see who's a shithead. That's going to be decided next Sunday. I JD, was thinking about the, the most, the no, most prized... The Go most ahead. prized possession that JD has is that stupid spelling bee trophy from sixth grade. So if <laughs> Richard, right, let's see, right if there. Richard oh. sticks JD's spelling bee trophy up his ass, I'm not sure if that's good for him or bad. I don't, I don't know. know that hmm. he can get that, it up there. I, is it winning or losing? <laughs> could I shit, all, could I shit that. all over his trophy? Look at that thing. How's he getting that up his ass? <laughs> no, what if I just shit on it? Oh, God. How about this, Richard? JD throws his feces at your front door like an ape. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll just wash uh, it right off the next day. Oh, my <laughs> God. Uh, uh, <laughs> Think of poor Richard's neighbors. <laughs> I'll get kicked out of the neighborhood. <laughs> I just pictured JD like naked throwing his feces at your door. Yeah, yeah, getting out of a car to do it. <laughs> Running yeah. up to the house, like, trying to get as fast as he can. And he's like, a <laughs> <laughs> All right, JD, I know you don't want to do it if anybody can see you. We'll put you in a gorilla costume. Oh, come on. <laughs> All right, here's Sean. He says he's got the bet. We, we got to get a bet going here. Go ahead, and Sean in Ohio. Hey, what about a full body wax? Have someone professional come oh, in. No. Eyebrows, That's good. nuts, butthole, oh. armpit, do the okay. whole number. No. You'll do that, Jamie, Richard? that's a good bet. Oh, that is a good bet. No, I don't know. That's funny. That'll Howard. look funny, too. And, man, I've been waxed, and it makes for good radio because you scream your ass off. It do hurts. You, do you know, Howard, the face paint, right? You guys wear that tribal face paint for KC. You, uh, you paint your face? Yeah. 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 Okay. So if Richard wins, I face paint the KC logo on JD's face with my cock. Oh, I don't want your, no, this is, I hate, I hate, this is why I hate this. I hate everything. And then if I lose, you paint me orange and black with the stripes like the Bengals. Yes. Right? Okay. With the cock? Yes, a cock, cock painting. Yeah. Cock on the painting? Face. What do you say, J.D., you in on that? Oh, I don't want Sal's, I how long do they have to wear thick. it? J.D., what are you, uptight? You don't want Sal's yes. dick on your forehead? Yes, I'm uptight. What are you, crazy? Yes. It's an honor at this point. JD, don't you have any confidence in your team? Yeah, come on, no. JD. I do, I do, but it's just anything can fucking happen. You could have saw the other day, Mahomes almost the the Chiefs uh, almost lost. A freak play could fucking knock Burrow. Yeah, but you have to be positive, man. You have to put your money where your well, mouth is. Well, this is the whole purpose of a bet. I think I don't bet. I don't bet. What about this? Is a good. This is a good bet. I'm thinking. You know, it's something no one wants, but uh, you know. 
Sal comes that in. Bad. You're not showing a penis. You're not yeah. doing anything. I like just that, dip JD. my dick in paint, just JD, and I paint the KC logo on your forehead. <laughs> dip his filthy cock and put it on your head. Yeah. Yeah. He'll, he'll save up some cheese for a yeah, few I days. I know. I know him. I know he'll do it. All right. How about this? The loser. This is an easy bet. Okay. One that doesn't involve Sal's cock. Darn it. The loser has to put on a dress and lipstick and a wig. And go food shopping, uh, you know, and uh, pick up like fifty items. Oh, in their, in their, okay. In their, okay, you know what I mean? Like that's embarrassing. Yeah. That's that's and, easy. That's how I go shopping. No, no, it isn't. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, it unless is how you want to, unless like you want to, yeah, you Robin dress. <laughs> Listen, unless we do the uh, pube beard bet, which oh, is. Uh, no. We we glue the winner's pubes to the loser's face, and the loser has to wear a pube beard for a month, like a full beard. A month? How do you keep oh my a pube right. beard going. Oh, come on! All right, for for three days. Okay, I'm in. You're in? Yeah. You're where, no, you're where? I'm not. I'm not. JD, you're in. JD, your thing about JD dressing as a woman would actually be good for not for Richard, but for JD and having to go up and talk to men in the grocery store. Maybe ask him out on a date. Uh, yeah, that would okay. be hard for JD. Yeah, maybe we have to get like three guys' phone numbers while we do it or ah. something. We'll be out all fucking day with that. <laughs> How about this? How about the loser has to move to Ukraine and fight the Russians? <laughs> oh, that's fine with me. Right now, I would, he'll do that. He would do that. He just wants to get away from us. <laughs> to get away from this goddamn conversation. Well, there's got to be. I, I could not sleep. I had a hard time sleeping last night. I knew exactly what was happening. This is, I, I knew uh, as soon as the uh, everything ended last year, this is the exact scenario I've been dreading for however many months. And do as you, soon as the, do you ahead. almost wish that the Bengals had lost yesterday and you wouldn't have to even deal with this? That as soon as the Jaguars, uh, lost on Saturday, I was like, Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> how about this? How about this? The loser of the bet uh, has to have sex with their own mother. Okay? <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, isn't that a great bet? Richard, you in? I guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm in too, JD. JD. <laughs> no, I just wouldn't, like, Robin. You just Come have on, to go down on happen. her. You just have to go down oh, on her. Oh, oh my okay. God. JD, you in? You go down no, on your mother? No, no. He has no. to ask his mom first. <laughs> yeah, my mom would not. <laughs> Hello, mom. Can we call your mom now? For my, phone calls? <laughs> uh, uh, for my job, I gotta go down on you, you pussy. <laughs> what about the classic bet? What about the classic bet? Like, uh, the loser has to take a 10-second tea bag where you put your balls on the other dude's forehead. <laughs> I love that. I'm not putting my ball. I don't want my balls out anywhere. No, you would get the balls on your head. How about this? The classic bet. Loser of the bet makes out with Ronnie for 15 seconds. Oh, my God. And don't say you don't want that. If Ronnie was up for that, he's got to fight you up for that. Richard, you up for that? You up for that? I guess. I guess. All right. JD, you up with that? You can make out with Ronnie for 15 seconds. If, if Ronnie would want to do that, sure, I would do can that. Can we have All a right, couple Ronnie. drinks beforehand? Like, a few yeah, shots, you can have drinks. Get yeah. Ronnie, up. Ron, 
Ronnie, you're a great lover. Uh, what, the, 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 would you be involved in this? You like meeting this? girls. You like meeting guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll do What it. do you say, Ron? You'll do it? Oh, my God. Oh. What a bet. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie, so you're going to make out. So loser of the Bengals-Chiefs uh, uh, game. We'll make out with Ronnie for 15 seconds. <laughs> oh, 15. I thought it was 10. Oh, my God. I no, said 20. it was 15. It was 15. I heard Richard, it. Richard, if you like it, it's 20. <laughs> I'll brush Richard, my teeth, you, Ronnie. You got to brush your teeth. Okay, oh. I'll even use Listerine. One brush doesn't mean a thing in Richard's mouth. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Howard, it has to be full tongue. This is a tongue. No, yeah, no, we're talking no, tongue. no tongue, dude. What do you mean oh. no tongue? Oh. It's a make out. Make it out. Yeah, making out. What's making out yeah. to you? What, kiss a little kiss? It's not uh, kiss on the lips. No, well, oh. no, you got to go all in. No, I, I, yes, I, thank I, you. No, no. Oh, here we go again. We thought we had a bet, and here goes JD again. <laughs> Always ruining it, guys. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> all right, we'll come up with a bet anyway. I was masculine, masculine yesterday, uh -huh. even though I couldn't pronounce pronounce Bengals, but. Um, <laughs> The, I watched the game, and the uh, Cincinnati Bengals did very, very well. Uh, then we got the um, Kansas City Chiefs, which Richard's team, who he's so passionate about, and yep. J.D.'s so passionate about his team. There's got to be some sort of fun bet, like last year's come had, which was so brilliant. So uh, we'll, we'll come up with something. <laughs> I think the Ronnie makeout thing is great. Yeah, yeah you would yeah. think that, wouldn't you? <laughs> well, I'll be honest. I really don't want to do it. But I'll take one for the team. That's one Howard, where I would be a little freaked out. Can I ask Ronnie a question? Ronnie, um, do you have a preference on who you would like to win? Uh, <laughs> you mean like if, you have to, if you have to make out with one of these guys, which right. guy is it? Uh, probably Who'd JD. <laughs> really? Why JD? Because Richard's dirty. <laughs> you don't like a Smells. dirty girl? You don't like a dirty girl? <laughs> no, man. <laughs> well, Richard will be fully nude when he's making out with you. Yeah, so. I'll have yeah, a big boner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but boner will be smacking Ronnie in the leg. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I'll, tell, I'll do hey, it, boner. Howard. I'll get totally nude for it. Wow. Wow. I hope you lose. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying hey. during your makeout with Ronnie, you'll be fully nude? Hey, boner. Yeah. And wow. it'll be hard, too, I guarantee it. Oh, yeah, once you're done with him. <laughs> yeah. Ronnie's, I'm sure Ronnie's a good kisser. He'll probably get you me care if Ronnie, You care if Ronnie grabs your ass while he's making out with you? Do whatever you want, Ronnie. Jerk me off. Go for it. I'm all yours, Ronnie. Now I gotta watch JD, will you be nude? No. <laughs> That's why I'm picking JD. <laughs> you know what it is? He just wants to get it over with. Richard wins no matter what. If he loses, he wins, and if he wins, he wins. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? I lost, but I won. Oh, JD. No, no. I want to see JD make out with Ronnie. That would be fucking hilarious. And JD, you got to at least take your shirt off when you make out with Ronnie. I'm not Maybe taking not my shirt off. What do you mean? You gotta, you gotta open a few so buttons. Ronnie's yeah. gonna want to play with your tits. Fine. Yeah, yeah. Like Ronnie, you're gonna want. You gotta like play with his tits, right? I like playing with nipples, man. It's great. No, no, I don't like that. <laughs> Come on, JD. Are you gonna shave you say, JD? JD, or is he gonna have to kiss that beard? I'll probably keep the same look, I yeah. guess. I don't know. Right, it would be mustache yeah, versus beard. Yeah. Yeah. More barrier, the better. <laughs> <laughs>
I will think about this, but there's got to be some kind of bet for these teams. Um, all right, I mean, we'll get we, to it. JD, Bron panties when you make out no, with uh, Ron. Shut up, Sal. Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just thinking about it, Richard, fully nude, sitting on Ronnie's lap, making out with him. <laughs> uh, now, are we going to get Ronnie back in the studio for this, or do I got to fly oh, yeah. out to Vegas? <laughs> You know what? JD should dress up like Stephanie so Ronnie doesn't feel so weird about it. <laughs> <laughs> I put on one of Stephanie's dresses. <laughs> Ronnie. Some lawn, uh, lingerie. What, what's going on with you? You sound like you got a little bit of a cold or something going on. Am nah. I correct? No? Nah. You okay? Yeah, yeah everything fine. good? How you doing? All good. I haven't spoken all to good. you in a while. Yeah. I'm all good. Busy, yeah. busy. Uh, good. Busy with stuff. Yeah, oh, you, like what? You're planning oh, the wedding? wedding you busy wedding with the wedding planning? Yeah, it's a lot of shit, man. <laughs> mm. Excuse me for a minute, boy. Look who it is, George Takei. Hey, George. Oh. Oh, my. I think <laughs> I'm going to ejaculate just thinking about this. I love football. <laughs> Go Bengals. Go Bengals. Oh, 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 Ronnie should perform Analingus on him. <laughs> I got a big update. This is kind of as long as I got Ronnie here. You guys would be interested in this. Oh. You know, um, about three weeks ago, I'd say, Ronnie was taking a real beating on the air from uh, what's his name? Your boyfriend over there. Pearlman. <laughs> yeah, Pearlman. Mike Perlman was uh, goofing on Ronnie's Oakley glasses. Said uh -huh. he didn't think they were a good look for Ronnie. Ronnie returned them. He listened. That's to not Mike why, Perlman. though. He's now back to his other glasses. <laughs> that's not, that's not his... why. That, I got. On. I'm getting new glasses. I just I, I exchanged them, and I'll tell you why. It had okay. nothing to do with what Perlman said. Uh, so come on, that sounds. No, lame. I'm serious. Be honest. No, I am being honest. That's what I'm, and I knew you wouldn't fucking believe me, of course. Tell me what's but, up. So, the glasses have a lot of curve to them. Right. The lenses. Yeah. So, it would distort your vision if you look to the sides, from side but to you, side. But you said you it, loved them and you were wearing them already and you had Yeah, the I was wearing them, in. but I was thought, I was starting to realize that when I would drive, if you, you know, you'd look to the side, it would be all blurry. It was crazy, so I had to return them. So you're saying you returned them not because of all the criticism? No, not not at all. Mike, do you but believe... But you're getting a different kind of glasses. That's yeah. what I want to know. Yeah, you're yeah. getting a different They're, kind of yeah, glasses. Yeah, yeah. Ronnie... These are, uh, these are just, uh, you know, extras. The one I'm wearing now until I get my other ones. Mike, you got your way. I think you got into Ronnie's head when you no, said he you didn't, didn't like his... No, that motherfucker feel will never I, get into my fucking head. <laughs> I feel Mike won. I, and you know what? And good and good. you listened to Mike, if, if I, you did. Dude, I didn't listen to Mike. had nothing to do with that fucking idiot. Nothing. I like <laughs> I like these uh, glasses you got on now. They look good, you know? They do, yeah. 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 They're old. So I think you benefited from uh, Mike's suggestion, whether nah, that played into it or all, not. Dude. Well, these don't distort your vision from the side. No, because they, they don't have that curve. <laughs> yeah, you don't need that curve. By yeah, the way, well, the Ronnie, with, Ronnie was so disturbed by Mike Perlman's criticism of his glasses that Perlman is not invited to his wedding. Ronnie did confirm that. that I mean, no really joke. Is wow. true? My, 
Mike's not going. Mike's not invited. Well, I need a date. It's coming, Robin. I'm sending out the things this week. (laughs) Mike, first of all, notice Ronnie returned the glasses that you were so critical of. In a way, shouldn't he thank you uh, instead of uninviting you to the wedding? Well, I uh, have nothing to do with this ass. (laughs) You were asking if he returned them because he I, I actually believe ronnie in this case i think he returned them because he does you know whatever he said the prescription doesn't work or whatever because he's stubborn like that he'll wear a pair of ridiculous glasses for the you know for, he doesn't give a shit like he's right. not the type of guy that's gonna take some kind of you know constructive Criticism. criticism right 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 yeah right. well that what it, that that's exactly right because i wore them because i liked them but then it was a fuck. It was affecting my vision. It was really fucking me up. But now whatever can the he case, come to the wedding. <laughs> can Mike come no. to the wedding now that you took his advice and got rid of no, those I glasses? Didn't take his advice. No, dude. That no. he agrees with you. That you no, didn't still, take his advice. He, he still can go fuck himself. He's mad oh. at me. He's been mad at me. Did he tell? Did Ronnie come to you uh, personally and say, "Look, man, you're not invited," or is this the no. first you're hearing about no, it? I no, we, we talked delivered. about it, uh, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. Ronnie, yeah, he cut me off. Yeah, third right. party. He's yeah, been giving but me Blit, silence. Blit likes to. He likes to stick the needle in. You know, lit. You know. Sometimes fucking. But sometimes a psychopath. Sometimes with Ronnie, you just got to give him a couple days just to cool off. Yeah. Right. And he kind of comes back, but this I think kind of set him off. He's pissed off. He's mad. <laughs> well, Mike, I uh, I think you should be invited to the wedding. I think it's it's really silly that Ronnie, you try to help him with his look, and quite frankly, whether or not he listened to your advice, he's it no longer wearing. Vicious! It was he was trying. Oh, to it help. was vicious! Fuck you! Oh, it was dude. vicious. It was. You think so? No, you it think was so? vicious. No, Come on. I don't know. No, it was vicious. He with the. The fucking smirk on the face Ronnie, and the laughing. You are the king the... of ball busting. When you were up here, you used to stand in this hallway and just stand there and, and ball bust. And you fuck with my bagel. And bust, ball, bust, bust, bust. Everybody that walked by, you had a comment for everybody. Every that single person is why walked... you fucked with my bagel. I didn't admit touch it. your bagel, dude. Yeah, you got to okay. stop with that. You got to let it yeah. go. No, I'm not letting it go, There's dude. nothing funny about I'm fucking let... with your bagel. There's nothing funny about it. No. I wouldn't do that to you. Yeah, okay. I would stop someone fucking with your bagel. I like seeing you get mad, piercing you off, but I wouldn't want to see you eat a bagel that someone touched. I'm fucking around with food. It's not, it's, there's nothing funny about it, dude. Yeah, Mike, do you funny. feel weird? Dude, it's funny about it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie's Perlman impression. Mike, seriously, do, do you, uh. It's not funny about it. <laughs> 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 Mike, do you feel, honestly, do you feel kind of weird that you're being uninvited? I, I know you really badly want to be at Ronnie's wedding and, no, uh, he and celebrate. Uh, he listen, does. I he love wants no, to be with him. Listen. He'll come there and criticize everything. No, fuck I won't, him. dude. Who the fuck needs Why do you there? think that for, bro? Because you're one of those guys, No, I'm man. not. I just you're talk one about of those your guys outfits that, when you're wearing like something you funny. Invite, you invite him to your house and he'll come in there and he'll take pictures of your fucking I've house. I've been to your and, house multiple times, dude, and I've never, I've never taken pictures of your house. As a matter of fact, Somebody else, I'm not going to say names, but somebody else did a couple years ago when they went into your bathroom and saw those sinks that you had. You remember that? That wasn't me. Sal? I don't know who it was. It was on the, we we were talking about it on the air. It was on the website. They would put, they put it out on the the, the Twitter. uh, uh, This is years ago when you had that, those parties. That wasn't me. Should Ronnie, should Ronnie reconsider and invite you to the wedding? 
I don't know. Listen, I love Ronnie. He's a great guy. I'm happy for him. He's been very good to me. Bust balls a little bit. If he, I'd love to be there. I'd bit. love to be there for him. There's nothing more that make me happy to be there for him. But if he doesn't want me there, he doesn't want me there. I'm going to beg him to go to his wedding. No, I don't want you to fucking beg anything, <laughs> let me, man. Go fucking let me ask, I need you to Mike, beg anything. Mike, yeah. let me ask you this. Let's say Robin needs a plus one, okay? What if you crash the wedding dressed up as a bagel? Would you do that? That'd be funny. I'll do it. Anyway, just wear a giant bagel. bagel. To the wedding. A bagel, giant. A bagel costume. Big, a muscular bagel. Yeah. That'd be hilarious. With a Long Island accent. Right. Right. Yeah. Hi, I'm a bagel. And, and then when Ronnie goes, hey, I told you, Mike, you're not invited. And you go, I'm not Mike. I'm a bagel. <laughs> I'm a Long Island bagel. Uh, hey, look, I, I, I didn't make a big deal about it. All I, you asked me who was on the list, and you asked, right. you went down, started naming names down the list, and I said yes or no. That's all. Yeah, but he was big, on the list. I didn't make a big time. deal. By the he way, was he was the list He was never time. on the fucking list. You said I was. was you said I was probably on the list. Like you said, he, he I never you. said anything. No, you did. You said that Mike's probably coming, and then when he started busting your balls about the glasses. You were like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. And you, no. Yeah. yeah well, and I don't need this aggravation. What do I need this bullshit right. for? Well, Mike, you think you could go and not comment on what Ronnie uh, yeah. is wearing yeah. and stuff? Yeah. He's I got go. plenty of shit. Just be happy for Ronnie. Of course. Nah, that's not the type of guy. <laughs> yes, he is, I man. am, dude. No. You got the he wrong want, impression. You know, he wants to impress Howard. Everything's got to be, you know, uh, no. part of the show. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Everything the show. You know what show it is, thing. Ronnie? This is it. With things like the the glasses and so, some of the outfit selections, you should know better. You're not a corny guy. Dude. You dude, should dude. know better. That's the dude. thing with you. That's why it's so upsetting for because you just yeah, cry. Yeah, be upset. Cry. Let me see you cry over. Cry. So upset. You're you mean, so in other upset. words, he's a tough guy, Ronnie. He should know how to dress like a regular yeah, guy, right? Like, yeah, you yeah. know, it's just some of the things he just doesn't. <laughs> I don't think he really puts that much thought into it. You right. know? Yeah. Dude, I'm sitting in my fucking house in my backyard at my pool. I don't give a fuck what I wear. Sit there in my fucking underwear. I don't give a shit. Don't you want to wear like sweatpants when you're hanging out at the house? Got a nice pair of sweatpants that's more comfortable than jeans. Dude, I, what, what do you care? What is the big fucking deal? <laughs> I'm sitting in my fucking yard enjoying myself. All right, do whatever you want, man. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, you yeah. do whatever you want, too. Why is that so insulting, Ronnie, that he's saying, hey, you'd probably be more comfortable in sweatpants? You know, yeah, rather thought. than jeans. I mean, say, hey, you dude, know, that's I'll an interesting... I'll wear whatever the fuck I want in my own house, dude. I don't need right. him to fucking tell me. Does anybody tell you what to wear in your fucking house? Yeah, of course. Ralph, <laughs> my wife, people In your comment. house? In sure. your house. My wife will say, why don't you that's put on something nice? he ever is now is in his house. So if they're telling yeah. him, he, they're the in the other house. day. My wife says to me, you know, you're always wearing that same stupid T-shirt that doesn't fit you in this. She says, you got a million nice shirts. She went and bought me a couple of shirts. She said, I'd like to see you wear this at dinner. So I put it on. And now she's happy. She goes, you look great. What do I give a fuck? Course, dinner. I listen. Dinner. For dinner, yeah. I want to be comfortable at dinner. If I want to I sit am comfortable, there, like I but said, I like my to... fucking underwear. I'll sit there at my fucking oh, table. Yeah, but you want to be attractive. You want to be attractive to you. Don't you want to be attractive no. to Stephanie? No. Yes. Really? What? You don't give a shit about looking good to Stephanie? Who gives a shit? At this wow. point, Obviously, who cares? you don't. I don't know. Mike. I've never heard this before. Mike, Mike what's going ever, on what here? What do you think, Mike? 
I don't know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> In other words, Mike. I would Mike. listen. Like, if Mike, Mike says, uh... well, if, if Mike says, <laughs> Mike. hey, maybe you'll like some sweatpants. I, I, like, you know, hmm. like, what kind of sweatpants are you talking about? Think about, about it. Yeah. And she's a young girl. She's got, you know, she's got, you know, the, she's got a youthful mind, you know, so she can kind of like. Give Ronnie she, some advice. Please. She's like way. an old lady. Leave me and alone. And you know what? I, I've seen him. There's been certain times where I've seen him out. Like, we've been out. I've been out. You know, you know. I've seen Ronnie out. And he does look kind of cool. Like, there's certain yeah. things that he can do that yeah, he pulls so off. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've seen him wear, like, a nice cool pair of sneakers, and he wears, like, a yeah. decent shirt, and he pulls it off right. And I was decent, thinking, is that maybe Stephanie shirt. telling him what's cool, or is, does he know that that's cool? Cause, and that's what's so upsetting, because I see you doing good sometimes, and then you just oh. fucking throw it off right after that. <laughs> I see you doing good. It's what am true, I, 12? <laughs> it's true. You do, you know, you have, you have it in your head to do well. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, man. Let's see. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys, I don't know. I'm sorry, Mike. You're not invited to the wedding. I can't convince uh, we Ronnie otherwise. Have a good time. That's all right. Now, Listen, Ronnie, um, what about the bachelor party? Is Mike invited to the bachelor party? He doesn't want me near him. <laughs> yeah, no, Ronnie. Bachelor party. Are you you're not having a, a bachelor party? You're the king oh, you of gotta have parties. one. Yeah. You're Mr. Bachelor Party. Yeah, but dude, right. you won't even come to the bachelor party. You won't even walk into a strip club. What are you talking about? <laughs> I probably Boom. would for you. Richard, 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 Richard? Richard's got a thing with strip clubs, man. I don't know what the fuck it is, man. Well, you know he what won't... it is. He'd rather he'd rather uh, lick uh, Sal's ball bag. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. what is he going to do yeah, with his strip club? You're going to the a... wrong kind of club. <laughs> yeah, I said to Richard, what's with you? I, I, yeah, yeah, I said to Richard, what's wrong with a strip club? He goes, too many naked women. <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie, have it at Chippendales. Come on. <laughs> yeah, we, we have one here. We have a chip in there. Oh, oh, that'd be a riot. If you had your I happen to know that one of Ronnie's friends wants to throw him three different bachelor parties. Wow. Ronnie's, uh, yeah. Yeah, three that's, different three different states. That's what yeah. I was going to say. I bet Ronnie, he's going to have a no. bachelor party tour. He's going to have a whole tour. <laughs> wow. You know and that's going to be the, the hottest ticket in town, like to get invited to Ronnie's bachelor party. Like Willy Wonka's, like Willy Wonka's golden ticket. Golden ticket, yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> that would be a blast. Hey, Ronnie, how was it for you when, St I know Stephanie had to leave you for a week and you were upset about it, like it really threw you a little bit. Um, how'd you, how'd Actually, you it was great, to be honest with you. No kidding. What do you mean? Yeah, yeah. The peace and quiet was awesome. <laughs> it really you were was. Saying, you were saying when she's packing and everything, it creates turmoil and uproots everything. Like, is she just like one of those people that like turns the whole house upside down? When she's oh, yeah. Leave? Oh, forget it. Forget it. Everything comes out. Oh, yeah. please. The shit's piled all over on the bed, on the floor. I mean, forget about it. it, it it's crazy. Really? It's crazy. Yeah. She, she, she likes. First of all, she always overpacks. Overpacks. We get to the we get to the airport. It, it, she's always she's overweight on the bag. The whole you know it's always something, right? And so when, when like, she came you're sitting there like like you know you're opening bags on the floor in the airport, moving shit out of her bag into my bag <laughs> to make sure she get the scale and she, she brings three the right bags weight. of tampons. Did you, you ever say to her? Why don't you just <laughs> take ten percent less? You end up not using. I it always say it, man. She yeah. and and like. Even if we're going away for like three or four days, it's like twenty pairs of shoes. It's, it's ridiculous. It's and, insane. And 
And so she left. You were like uh, all frazzled. But meanwhile, you ended up like this. You like the uh, week of solitude. You like. Yeah, uh, I had uh, solitude. Yeah. Uh, you know, the dog didn't have to go into a, a kennel. She, he was happy. Right. He was happy as a pig and shit that I was home. And because right. uh, I was going to go eventually. Uh, originally, I was going to go with her for a few days. Yeah. She was going to she was going to Florida and we had some friends we wanted. She went and stayed with one night with some of our friends in Florida. And um, I was going to go with her, but then I decided, ah, fuck it, you know, with the way airlines are lately. Who knows if I would get back in time and shit. It, it was shit. So I, yeah. I just said, you know what? Who needs all the aggravation? I stayed home. Yeah. And so then she I, hung I out. had a friend. I had, yeah, I hung out. And then one night, um, actually, the first night she was gone, uh, a friend came in from Chicago and we went out to dinner. So we had a good time, him and his wife. So the three of us went out to dinner. We had some drinks, and we we had a good time. And then I just chilled the rest of the weekend. It was actually good. I heard you spend a lot of time rewatching a lot of TV shows that you recently rewatched all two hundred forty six episodes of NYPD Blue. Oh yeah, correct. Correct. Yeah. That's retirement. Yeah. I watched. I watched. Um, I watched Ban. You remember Banshee? I watched Banshee. Oh, I Banshee. I just been- oh yeah, Banshee yeah. was great. I watched Zorro, Dragnet, The Honeymooners, Lassie, <laughs> Adam Twelve. Flip That's off. retirement. All, Flip of, all the episodes of Leave It to Beaver. You went right no, back to your childhood. No, <laughs> no, I love. Did you- I did. No, I love Leave It to Beaver. I really Ronnie, did. did. You watch the better. <laughs> what? Ronnie, did you watch the football game yesterday? Yeah, yeah, I did. Either. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, right. that was yeah. cool. As soon as I saw it was snowing like that, I thought it was really cool. Yeah. Every time too. they would get tackled or something, they'd be sliding down the fucking field. It was great. Yeah, I had a football up my ass. I was going to call JD during it, and then I, I decided not to. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I'm in the same boat. I said, I don't need yeah, this guy. Yeah, nobody knows if up. they can talk to JD during these games. They can yeah. talk to me. I just, I can't promise I'll talk back. Hey, dick <laughs> I, I, I wrote, I wrote to Richard, I wrote to Richard, I text him, uh, during the, uh, Chiefs game when Mahomes got hurt and they had pulled him out and he was all upset, you know, that he, they sent him to the locker room. Did uh, you cry, Richard? Him, no, I sent, I sent him a text like, they don't need that number 15, dude. They got this dude. He, he went 98 yards down the fucking field. Chad Henney. He true. was good. Yeah. He did I a good job. Cried. I would have cried, Howard, but I was in a parking lot drinking tons of beer at the <laughs> Eagles, uh, getting ready for the Eagles game. And pissing in a diaper. You were I'll numb. Piss in a bucket, actually. Oh. <laughs> a big bucket full of cat litter. Oh, God. <laughs> Is that what you do? Yeah, yeah. They yeah. had a bucket with cat litter and then like a little uh, enclosure well, around privacy it. area. Privacy Mary, area. Mary Ann from Brooklyn Our has friends. a good. Su- Mary Ann from Brooklyn has a good suggestion on how Mike Perlman could come to Ronnie's wedding. Go ahead, Mary. Okay. Oh my God, Ronnie! You know I love you, and I do love Mike too. But I think Mike has to sign a do not dis- disclose uh, agreement that NDA. you know if he. Right, right, exactly. I was going to say do not resuscitate, do not, right, and whatever. And, <laughs> yeah, and well, also, maybe that also. <laughs> wait, Howard, you know, Ronnie, you know those glasses that you were wearing? My husband came home with those same glasses, and my husband's 62. They must be selling those glasses to every man over 50 years old. So, uh, the Oakleys? The Oakleys? No, the, one, the, the dark black ones, Ronnie, like the squarish. Uh, Robin has them. Uh, who cares? Okay. All right. Anyway, I got Prado. What if? What if Mike? Uh, I did. Agrees. I got Prado. That's what I did get. I got Prado. 
Yeah, well, either that or Dolce and Gabbana. No, the Prada. <laughs> Where are they? Dolce and yeah. Gabbana. The, yeah, the, lenses Louis being, the lenses are being cut, oh. okay? What's Can't that, uh, Ronnie this. Puppet? What kind of glasses you got? Louis Vuitton. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <awesome>. yeah. <laughs> they're cutting the lenses now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, make sure they're nice and flat. What if uh, Mike Perlman signs an NDA saying he won't talk about your... Uh... He can't say anything about it. He can't even say he was there. What does that got to do with it? He's still there as far as I'm concerned. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. All right, guys. Well, anyway, we're going to come up with a bet for J.D. and Richard with the big Kansas yeah. City Bengals game. And uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Uh, Howard, you know, real quick, Robin said something interesting, too, that she's looking for a date to Ronnie's wedding. So, oh. you know, she's there's going to be a lot of guys calling in, Robin. No, 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 no. Lenny Dykstra. Dates. <laughs> Lenny Dykstra. <laughs> ham Hands is going to call in. <laughs> that'd be great if she took Ham Hands. Oh, that'd be the best. Wheel him in. Please. She'd have to wheel him onto the plane. Look. I can't hang out all night with ham hands. Sorry. How about, He's um, a really nice guy when you get to know him, Robin. I've actually gotten to know him. He's really yeah, he nice. Is. Uh, I, I don't think I'm going to get to know him. <laughs> Robin being uh, snobby, she can't hang out with ham hands. Look, I rolled ham hands into your birthday party. He was out there you know, and didn't have any help. I was the one who took him in. Robin, do you well, know that you were he, a nurse. He, 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 you know, one of the times he was up here, uh, Howard, he, he, you know, took a picture with Robin. Robin sat on his lap. He still has the sweatpants that Robin sat on his oh lap. Oh, my God. He, told, he saves them. And, <laughs> and I he has a picture. He has that picture framed hanging in his apartment. He has apartment the picture, too, but he yeah. has the sweatpants. He never washed them or anything. He has, like, you know, I think he's trying to. The only pr- guy that Robin could bring. To Ronnie's wedding, which would be unbelievable, would be that guy Apples, who Ronnie hates. Ah, oh, <laughs> now Robin, Robin, Ronnie's I don't wedding. think Robin would do that to me. Nah. She would. She'll no, do it. She would. No, She'll do I it. Won't it's funny. Do that. She no. wouldn't do that. Robin should bring with like, something else funny. I would that, take. I can't take Bigfoot. No, I can't do that either. <laughs> no, it should be somebody like Pete Davidson. You should bring like Pete Davidson. Or take Mike Perlman. That's funny. I know what you. Well, mean. that's what I was indicating when when I said I need a date. But, well, you guys uh, are going to have to share a hotel room too. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that? Because he's your date. He's extended. Oh, he he, he's got to be something in it for him. I'll lend him my cock rings. <laughs> All right, no, you guys. not bringing a date. See, I was in the middle. I was in the middle of a eulogy David for my man, Crosby, yes. David Crosby, and uh, all uh, you guys with your fucking uh, tea bags and peanut butter on the ball bets and <laughs> Mike Berman and Ronnie fighting, and I can't get to my poor David Crosby, who I loved. Uh, where was I? You yeah, were right at right. the very beginning. You were trying to articulate <laughs> to us how much you love David Crosby. And uh, also at uh, in the nine o'clock hour, George Santos, the congressman who's been called a liar, will be joining us. Um, but you'll see, it's uh, it's pretty good. It's uh, straight off the Tonight Show. It's John Lovitz as uh, George Santos. It's good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Evidently, on the internet, everyone in the world was screaming, "They got to have John Lovitz." On Saturday Night Live to play George Santos because he does the liar. Uh, right. You know, remember yes. that's his big character. That's right. And it's so brilliant. So, um, 
I know the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon had on John Lovitz doing it. It was funny as hell. And then uh, John said, hey, I'll do it on your show, too. I said, could. Let's do it. Let's do it. So let's just say at 9 o'clock, George Santos will be with us. All right. Right. Anyway, getting back to David Crosby, I'm trying to be profound because I love the guy so much, and I actually was really upset all weekend. Um, I tell you, it's so cold in my room right now that I feel like David Crosby because he's probably somewhere. Like <laughs> he's in a probably refrigerator. on ice somewhere. Right? Yeah, I feel like I'm living David Crosby's death. <laughs> I, literally, you could see like I could, I could, you could see my breath Can you when see I your breathe breath? out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so cold. I, I think the thermostat's broken and it's just permanently at 67 degrees. My teeth are chattering. Here, listen. <laughs> are some of those teeth loose? I don't know what's going on there. I don't know. My teeth have been bothering me. My Right in the back, it's been very sensitive, but Still. my dentist said, yes, yeah, my dentist said he didn't see anything back there. Ew. Nothing, uh, to, no cavities, nothing. I don't know. I'm falling apart. I don't want to get into it. But David Crosby's in way worse shape. You know what the well, weird you know thing what about happened David? to me um, when I heard the news? I got very, very sad. Me too. Because there had been so many times that we thought he was imminently going. Well, I remember David Crosby coming on, and he would say stuff like, "You know, listen, my health is horrible." I'm uh, 80, you know, at that point, maybe 70-something. 70-something. Yeah, and he'd say, say, you know, I'm just not going to be here. I know know my time is limited, and I want to make the best of it, and I love my wife, and I love my my life with my wife. Got a beautiful wife. And And kids. um, Yeah. Kids, and, you know, he was just, it was sad, and... I I just thought he was one of the best guests whenever he came on. And I think it was twice he came on. I thought it maybe was three times. I couldn't remember, but it's twice. And um, whenever he came on, he was just so warm and lovely and talking openly about his life. And one of the things I love that he did toward the end, he not only put out one last good album. It really is a good album. And I, I really uh, worked hard to promote the album because... I was shocked how good he sounded at that age. He was in his late 70s, and he put out a new album. And you know, 90%, 99% of the time, those late-in-life albums are a disaster. But not this guy. He put out a great last album. Do I have any of that? Do I have a cut from his last album? Just to show you how good he sounded. That I'm not making up any bullshit. Um, anyway, I don't know if I do. You can go listen to it, but one of the, there's a couple of things I really love too. It was a time where they put out a documentary on David Crosby and, uh, I'm talking about late in life and he was behind it. Oh, I do have a, do I have a song? Oh, it's called for, okay. This is the album he called, uh, for free. He recorded it with his son, James Raymond, the kid he met later in life. Yeah. Oh. No tracks on the page. Okay, it's okay. You guys, oh, I do have some tracks. Here you go. It's light in California. The voices were speaking. It's called River Rise. And the wheels line up. Point the direction they want to go. The cold is hanging on now. The heat will be here soon. 
said, you know, David, your voice just sound, I had a conversation with him off the air, too, and I, I said, your voice just sounds so good at that age. There's so many guys who get older, they lose their voice. He goes, I'm just lucky, man. He goes, you know, I abused myself. I, you know, I wasn't good to my body, but for some reason, my voice has maintained. And I, he yeah. said, I was very pleased with the sound of this record. So uh, anyway, I went to a screening of this movie he put out, it was basically showing you that he was still surviving. And I went to see it, and I sit down in my seat at the movie theater. This was a couple of years ago, pre-COVID. And uh, who's sitting right in front of me is David Crosby at his own movie. It was a it was a screening with his wife Jan. And David's sitting there, and he always wore the wool cap because I guess he didn't like being bald, which I understand. And he has that long hair in the back and he's sitting right in front of me. And I remember like looking at him and I went, you know, and I said, hello. And we gave each other a hug. And I said, David, happy to be here to see your movie. And I really thought it was going to be a shitty movie, but it was a great movie. And it was weird to be sitting right behind him during it because it was a very raw kind of documentary. Like there was nothing held back. Every, every wart was showing. And, um, which is my kind of documentary, you know, it was a no bullshit documentary, but I remember sitting behind him, I go, Jesus Christ, there's my boyhood hero, Crosby, Crosby of Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. I, I never would imagine I'd be sitting behind him in a movie theater, watching the story of his life with him. And I, uh, just felt such compassion for him and love for him. I really did. I just loved the guy. And it hurt to see um, his life like that because it was sad. And he even said in the movie, I'm not I'm not well, I'm going to be dying and sad to see his wife there. And she loved him so much. And they were such a team. And David had like two or three heart attacks and eight stints in his heart. He also had hepatitis C, which destroyed his liver and made him a type two diabetic. I mean, it was a walking miracle, a miracle that David Crosby lived to 82 years old. He made it to 82 or 81 I don't know which, but uh, from, but I could be wrong. I think it was. I know for sure it was eighty-one. Possibly someone said eighty-two, but I mean, what a voice! What a career! What a band! Carry on, you know. One morning I woke up. I mean, any of these songs you play. And, uh, yeah, I think the song that uh, people most identified, uh, I, I would say almost cut my hair because he wrote it and he sang it so beautifully. And I remember when yeah. Neil Young was on the show, he said, I remember him cutting that. So I just remember him singing it. I, it's a, it was such a good song that he wrote. Almost cut my hair. Happened just the other day. It's 
getting kind of long, could have said it got in my way. I mean, it's so brilliant that he wrote a song about cutting your hair. Almost. Cut my hair. And had such a large meaning, too. It was about, are you going to join the establishment or are you going to be sort of a... It happened just the other day. A rebel, you know. Are you going to conform? It's getting kind of long. Beautiful song. I could have said it wasn't in my way. And here he goes. Take it. My freak flag fly. And I loved it so much because I was in high school and I had really long hair down to my waist. And I thought he was singing it, you know, for those of us who maybe had a little bit of a rebellious attitude. I just thought my long hair made my nose look smaller, but. You know, I'm you. <laughs> you weren't, <laughs> you weren't no. freaky. You were just covering up. Yeah. But his song was um, Almost Cut My Hair. And, uh, of course, uh, what else can I mention? This, I mean, God, the, the, his resume. He co-founded The Birds, 1964, with Roger McGuinn and Gene Clark. Uh, their cover of Bob Dylan's Mr. Tambourine was considered the birth of folk rock. I mean, song went straight to number one. What about... Um, I mean, didn't David Crosby write Eight Miles High? I think he wrote it. Uh, didn't he? For the birds? He was a co-writer. Co-writer. I mean, Eight Miles High, if he stopped there, he would have been a legend. What a song. And then I touch down. Oh, man, what a, what a song. He's such a rebel, too. He just he he goes out and he buys a Porsche with the money the song made. Like he didn't even think about like maybe I should save some of this money. He just lived like this crazy life, and then the birds fired him. And why did they fire him? David wrote a bunch of songs for the birds. And uh, they go, we're going to release a cover version because we did Mr. Tambourine Man. He's like, fuck you guys. No way. We're going to put on our own music, which he was right. And they fired him. He, he told me, he said, they, they, you know, oh, those guys say I'm impossible to work with. And that I wasn't very good anyway. And they do better without me. And he said it hurt him like hell. You know, I mean, the guy, guy rode eight miles high. You don't kick him out of the band. Kick everyone else out of the fucking band. Uh, so he leaves and you know you know the story takes up with two incredible musicians Stephen Stills who's a fucking genius from Buffalo Springfield and he hooks up with Graham Nash from the Hollies and um, I asked David you know I said you know he told me how excited he was when he when he joined uh, you know Stephen Stills and you know, yeah and, uh, but weren't you scared to leave the birds in the sense that you have got this commercially viable band? You know that sometimes... It wasn't up to me. They fired me. 
Did Roger fire you? Roger and Chris. Stephen was unbelievable, right? Really underrated goddamn, guitar good. player, right? Yeah, guitar player, writer. He was already writing great shit. But isn't it scary to go off with stills in a sense when you've already got this great relationship with the birds? You guys are awesomely famous, making lots of money. It is a yeah, risk, right? You know, it's like you don't no, think that way. Not exactly. No, I mean, yeah, I like yeah, I like having a job. No, I like making money. It's good. It's a good tool. Right. But music really speaks to me, and and Stephen's music really spoke to me. It right. Was brand new, fresh, strong. Balty, good. Mm-hmm. There you go, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. And I'll tell you what. Uh, when they put out that first album, while it wasn't the massive hit that Deja Vu was, they won a Grammy for that. Uh, Best New Artist. And uh, David told me, I think David told me, that Guinevere was his best song that he ever wrote on that album. Which is a beautiful song, Guinevere. Mm-hmm. Guinevere. And then they went on with Deja Vu, and every fucking song is every great. Song. Yeah. Of course, uh, Teach Your Children Well. I mean, you know the album. They had uh, Carry On. What else? They had um, Our House. Helpless. Legendary version of Woodstock, Joni Mitchell's song that they did. Hit after hit after hit. And David went through some tough times, too. He wrote Wooden Ships. He wrote it with Stephen Stills and... Uh, Paul Kantner. Yeah, he was a good Jefferson friend Airplane. of Jefferson Airplane. He wrote uh, a song for them, too. Wooden Ships is so fucking good. I mean, what a what a talent. What a guy. Uh, tough time for David, too. His girlfriend was killed in a car wreck. Yeah. Um, said that when they were recording an album that he would just sit down on the floor and cry. Started doing drugs. Got into trouble, uh, to say the least. But he still managed to make amazing songs. Um, here's his original demo of Almost Cut My Hair. I, I thought this was pretty cool when they put that out. Anyway, I mean, we could go on and on and on. I miss him. I think he's just great. But I had finally gotten to the point where, you know, he's never going to die. He keeps saying he's almost yeah, I know. dead and he's dying. And, and then it just hit me like a ton of bricks when I got yeah. that news. Me too. Like, no. I was really affected. It was just the other day. Maybe sad all weekend. Yeah. So passionate about music. I could have said it was in my way, but I beautiful voice. And I wonder why. This is the demo. Going to let my freak flag fly. Here's Crosby talking about social responsibility in music. You know, he really, he, he not only loved making music, but, um, you know, he was a, he was a crusader. Now, Howard, you know, I mean, our job, a lot of it is just to make you boogie. 
right. you on a voyage, make you feel stuff. But part of our job is left over from being troubadours from the Middle Ages, you know, when we were the we were mass media. Part of our job is to say, hey, you know, 12 o'clock and all is well, or, or it's 11.30 and the government's been bought and sold and things are going down the tubes. It's part of our job. Yeah, my, my thing in high school and college was I got my news from rock bands. In well, a sense. You, when they you were guys were the prophets. It, right, it was a righteous deal because it when really America was. starts killing its own children, you know something is goddamn well wrong. And we called it out. And yeah. we said, Nixon, you. When uh, when David wrote um, Long Time Gone, which is such a fucking classic. I need a piece to be love He was right. This is, he was writing about JFK, Martin Luther King, and Bobby Kennedy dying. And uh, getting assassinated, basically. And uh, I mean, you know, this is when music meant something. No, we waited for songs. We wanted to know what they were thinking because it was all about the time. That's so good. Anyway, uh... He said the greatest guy he ever knew was Jerry Garcia. He loved Jerry Garcia, and he said that that it was Jerry who saw that he was really in trouble after his girlfriend died in that accident and it was jerry who took him back into a studio and who knew that music would help him that was like the only thing that would help him i made it my mission to get crosby stills nash and young together again but i, I couldn't you know david had said oh, some shit no. about neil it was a losing battle and and, and um and Graham Nash has nothing to do with David, but I know, I mean, Neil Young put out a really classy tweet or, or some comment or statement yeah. and, and, uh, you know, talking about, he just remembers all the good times and, and that was really cool. And, and here's, uh, David Crosby in his own words about the end of life. People get old and die and that's how, it, that's how it works. And I'm gonna, uh, but in the meantime, I'm going to have myself a bunch of fun. It's not how much time you got because we really don't know. I could have two weeks, I could have 10 years. It's what you do with the time that you do have. And so I'm trying to really spend it well. Each day that I get, I'm very grateful for, and I try to do it making music. Because I think the world needs music. I think music is a lifting force, and I think that I can make good music because I love doing it. I know that I'm supposed to, you know, quietly shuffle off into the distance, but (laughs) I'm not going to. Hey, what was the song David Crosby and Graham Nash did back up on that nobody ever realizes? Was it a James? Ta- oh, Mexico. Wasn't it James Taylor's Mexico? Do you guys know? I think that Crosby and Nash do the backup vocals on that. And I just learned that after David died. I didn't realize that. But uh that's anyway. true, Howard. That's that is true, true right? Yeah. Yes. You, Fred, you got the song Mexico by James Taylor? Looking for it now. How long does that take? Let's let's time Fred. One Mississippi, two Mississippi. Oh, oh. But wrong. That's a uh, monoskin. That? Oh, that was monoskin. What a what a great guitar sound that is. Way down here, you need a reason to move. Feel 
anyway. That's David Crosby. Yeah. John. Hey, Howard. So there's a few songs that those two sang on that nobody knew. Uh, Doctor My Eyes by Jackson Brown. They sing background oh, on that. Uh, Graham and David. Yep. Free Man in House? Paris, Joni Mitchell. They sing wow. on that. No There's kidding. a ton of them. The Pretender by Jackson Brown. Uh, huh. They they just did a lot of those. Like they had that hang where they all sang on each other's albums. Yeah, they were and so A lot of it went uncredited. Yeah. yeah. That's what I mean. That's like if I sang the backup on Jackson Brown's hit song, I that'd be my. I wouldn't stop talking about it. That shit, like David Crosby, forgot about. It. You know what I mean? Did you know that uh, David Crosby also was one of the village people? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> anyway, rest in peace, David Crosby. We lost such a great guy and such a great uh, performer and a uh, very important guy in the history of rock and roll. And uh, really just, uh, geez, I got a kick out of knowing him. It was really special for me to know David Not Crosby. Not necessarily a great bandmate. Nah. <laughs> Whatever. Listen, as Neil Young said, Neil said, we had so many great times, especially in the early years. Crosby was a very supportive friend in my early life as we bit off big pieces of our experience together. David was the catalyst of many things. My heart goes out to Jan and Django, his wife and son. Lots of love yeah. to you. Thanks, David, for your spirit and songs. Love you, man. I remember the best times. And that's classy. That's like, you know what? Yeah, okay. Maybe some shit went down, but there were a lot of good times and those guys loved each other. It's a shame yeah. that those good times couldn't bridge the gap in real time when they were all still here. There you go. All right. Anyway, uh, when we come back, I hope uh, John Lovitz, I mean, George Santos will be joining <laughs> us. little comedy for you. See if we can't make that happen. Be nice to say hi to John. I haven't seen him in years. Everything in the news now. Robin, you are a news junkie. Is uh, George Santos. Uh, yes. Um, Every you know, day a new lie, a new discovery that it never was. Well, uh, believe it or not, uh, any second now, knocking at my door should be George Santos. And there he is right on time. Uh, wow, there he is. Uh, wow, Mr. Santos. Uh, I can't good. believe you're here. And he looks great. Uh, you don't look like a guy who's under siege. I must say, uh, you know, uh, you've been accused of being a liar. And uh, what do you say? Go ahead. Oh, hello, Howard. Uh, listen, I can't talk too loud. I'm in bed with uh, Emily Ratajkowski. Yeah, that's the ticket. I can't keep her hands off me. Now, wait, now, let me ask you about this, because I thought you were gay. Let me finish. I meant her brother, Eddie Ratatowski. Yeah, that's it. I'm a male prostitute. And I'm also the third baseman for the Padres. It's all on my resume. Your resume is so sketchy. You claimed you went to NYU, and you never went to NYU. Well, how could I finish college when the president asked me to fly to Pakistan and kill bin Laden? And then he asked me to fix his tour. I mean, to go on tour for Jethro Tull as the drummer. Yeah, that's the ticket. Oh, come on. And and you lied about being Jewish. What do you say to that? Uh, I was Jewish. But then uh, I had my foreskin reattached by some college kids. You know, the foreskin challenge. All the kids are doing it. I've never even heard of the foreskin challenge. 
You haven't? Okay, boomer. <laughs> and, and what about the fact that you said your grandparents survived the Holocaust? What do you say about that? Well, I may have said that when I was playing that nasty drag queen, Georgina, you know her. And she's a lying bitch. But look, look at it this way, Howard. Everyone who didn't die in the Holocaust survived it. See? Just like how I survived the potato famine of 1851. I'm very disappointed in you because I thought you were going to come. Everything you say right now sounds like just another crazy lie. No, no. it's it, Okay. It, it, it's the truth. I swear. I swear in the life of my 12 kids. Just ask my wife, Mila Kunis. I mean, Megan Fox. <laughs> Mila Kunis? Megan Fox? Which one is your wife? Both. We're a thruple. Yeah, that's it. Didn't 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 we establish that you're a gay man? Only when I'm having sex with Ryan Gosling in the backseat of my gold Maserati. Bam, done. You ready to stop playing gotcha, Mike Wallace? Because I am. George, let's face it, you're busted. It must be upsetting to get caught lying. I understand you're a troubled man, but you've been caught lying. Yeah, makes me sad. Makes me so depressed. I even thought about killing myself. Oh, in, in fact, I did kill myself. You killed yourself? Yeah, that's it. I was technically dead for a week. Then this woman brought me out of it. Hillary Clinton, I mean, uh, Scarlett Johansson. And she's in my bed right now. And don't tell her I'm cheating on her with Beyonce. Bros before hoes. Let me move to one last question because... You're in demand and everyone really wants can you trust anything he says? Uh, you can't. <laughs> this is the big question. Are you going to resign? You mean quit? If I were a quitter, would I have landed that plane on the Hudson and saved five, 46, I mean, a thousand people, including Steve Jobs? Who stole my, my idea for the iPhone? Does that sound like a quitter to you? Well, uh, we've got proof you're lying, George. Come clean. Oh, I can't hear you, Howard. I'm on top of Mount Everest. I'm on the top. Scarlett, take a picture. Oh, it's so windy up here. We got to go. Bye. Look at this. Oh, my look, goodness. And, look, and you even do your own sound effects as you go. <laughs> we don't even well, have sound effects. you won't pay for them. <laughs> John Lovitz, everybody. John Lovitz as George Santos, who, by the way, John, it is somewhat remarkable that it was all over the Internet. Like everyone said, Saturday Night Live has to have John Lovitz back to do his liar and be George Santos. And it, and it seemed like a very brilliant idea. And I saw you on Jimmy Fallon. And uh, that was really funny. Playing George Santos seems like the perfect job for you, right? I mean, it's your calling. There should be a film, the George Santos movie and everything, <laughs> right? I mean, it, this is yeah, your I moment. Think it would be funny. I mean, if it, it was fun doing it. I mean, if you want, you know, my character, I would say it's his spokesman. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, the spokesman for George Santos. Then he lies even right. more. Why did he say this? Why, you know, like the press secretary <laughs> for Biden, you know? Yeah. You know, it's ama amazing. He won't resign. It's like Joe Biden, remember, he ran for president in 1988, and then he, he plagiarized a speech and got caught. So he had to drop out of the race. But this guy... <laughs> Is doing like a thousand times. There's like everything, and he's still he's still there. What happened, John? Was it like as soon as this guy Santos came on the scene, and they realized what a liar he was? Did everyone just sort of start calling you immediately and saying, 
you've got to be on Saturday Night Live. Being yeah, uh, people were texting me. It was all over Twitter. That's when I first yeah. saw it, you know, and and on and on, and then, and it was just, yeah. I mean, it's funny. It's like it, it's a good thing from for me in my career. <laughs> yeah, and George Santos, you've got George <laughs> Santos for him. Talk lying about, about You're not kidding. Yes. George Santos cannot quit <laughs> Congress because it would. It, this is this is the tremendous de- demand. Your character on Saturday Night Live was Tommy Flanagan. Who was yeah, the, the liar? He couldn't even say his own name straight. <laughs> yeah, it was such a great character, the liar on Saturday Night Live, and and uh, I didn't know this, but you developed that character with the Groundlings. I didn't realize this whole history of it. But when did you develop this character? In other words, you joined the Groundlings group. You decide to I want to be a sketch comedian and and then do comedy. And 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 do you just come up with that character sort of in a flash, or was this something from years? No, well, it started. Uh, it started like maybe a year and a half, eighty four or something. I had a friend of mine, a beautiful girl, and I. Well, of course, I wanted to be with her. So she goes, well, "I like a guy with a fat wallet." And I go, "Oh, well, well my dad just had fifteen oil wells come in." She goes, "Yeah, right." And I go, "Well, I'm a pathological liar." And then I anyway, the the groundlings they have their Sunday company. You do their school, then they have their like the B company, the Sunday company. So that's the first time I did it. And I had the first two lines and it's called panel. And there's a host and they go, there's going to be like six of you and come up with your a character and your name and what you do. So I, they go, okay, and who are you? I go, oh, my name is uh, Tommy Flanagan. I'm a member of Pathological Liars Anonymous. In fact, I, I, I'm the president of that organization. And I was playing it like an old movie character from the 30s. Because I like those old movies. And then they asked me, the audience asked questions. They go, how long have you been lying? I go, I never lied. And the truth is, uh, I got to give Robin Schiff, who um, she wrote Romy and Michelle, you know, movie, big writer. She was in the group and she goes, John, just stay in character and you can say anything. You set it up perfectly. I didn't even realize it. And she goes, I'll ask you a question. What's your favorite sport? And I went, uh, uh, bowling. And we started laughing. And I go, oh, my God, everything. <laughs> And I go, I did it finally because th- there was a guy, Jim Dean. He'd always come up with like the simplest ideas, but they were great and would write themselves over and over. He would do it, you know, and I go, how do you do that? You know, and, and I realized this is what it was. And then I got in the main company, the Groundlings, and I wrote a monologue of a guy like at an AA meeting. But instead of AA, it was like Pathological Liars Anonymous. You know, and they get up and they say, hi, I'm Bob. I'm an alcoholic. Here's my story. So I thought, wouldn't it be funny if a guy got up and said he was a pathological liar and then told a story and then started lying about it. He just straight. <laughs> right. And that's how it started. And I got in the groundlings. And then um, in September of 84, in January of 85, we had a new show. And, and uh, in March, all these people were calling me on a Sunday. Congratulations, congratulations, like 20 people. But not saying for what. And I called the Tom Maxwell's the, at the groundlings, the artistic director. I go, what's going on? Everyone's thanking me. Or congratulating me for what? He goes, we're going on the Tonight Show. He's from South Carolina. I go, when? He goes, Thursday. And we went on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, and that's the first time I did it on now, national television. It was crazy. So you developed... I didn't know that. In other words, when you developed this character... You didn't wh- know? Do you not follow every step of my career? Absolutely, I do. That's what I'm saying. I, I am a John Lovitz <laughs> expert. No, but but in other words, Johnny I Carson, care. I mean, Johnny Carson was noted for like having comedians all the time and giving them the break. But I didn't know he would have like sketch guys on from the Groundlings. How did he know about No, that the was liar? the first time. 
Wow. And the tru- no, no one gives this guy credit. The truth is, is Jim McCauley, who is the producer on the show, Jim is the one that would go to the clubs and find all the comedians, the new ones, and prepare them to be on The Tonight Show. Like everybody, like Roseanne and Jim Carrey and Bill Maher and Gary Shandling, the Groundlings. Jim McCauley, the name wow. you never hear, and sadly he passed away. He's the guy that found everybody, and he was at the at the Groundlings seeing our show. I didn't know he was there. I mean, and what and a, I had you know, no people, idea. And, and it, was, you oh, get, it was so thrilling. And when you get on the Tonight Show back then with Johnny Carson, I mean, it, it, it's groundbreaking. It's, it's mind-blowing. It's like it changes people's lives. For you to be a new member of the Groundlings and to get picked to be on the Johnny Carson show to do your character. And what was the idea? You would come on and speak to Johnny and do the liar? No, they, they, he goes, uh, you know, it's, we're going to have, we've never done this. It's the Groundlings. They're an improv group in L.A. We're going to do some sketches. <coughs> and so we did three sketches. I was in two of them. Oh, and the second one I was in was with Tim Stack, who, of course, you worked with on Son of the Beach. Right. And Tim's a great guy. So Tim wrote a piece for it was a truck driving school. And I was doing a going, hi, I'm Porter Ross, you know, for the International Truck Driving School. And Tim plays a truck driver. He goes, oh, now I'm driving a big rig. And I go, but wait, there's more. He goes, now I'm a senator, you know, but wait, there's more. Now I'm president. Oh, wait, there's more, you know. And, and I remember I was so excited. And then the, they had a, a Mindy Sterling, you know, who was in Mike Myers movies is, you know, she she was in there. And this guy, Don Woodard, did White Man's Rap with Kate Benton. And they did it. And but then, and then we did the truck driving thing scene. And then at the end of it, I finished and I and I leapt up. I was so excited. And I looked at Johnny Carson. I was totally unknown. And I smiled and I gave him the thumbs up. And he went like this. You know, maybe the, the okay, okay symbol. Yeah. yeah, when it meant okay, and uh, <laughs> right, and uh, right, <laughs> yeah. and and uh, it was just thrilling, you know. And uh, you know, there was said, if he gave you that sign, you made it. But it got me an agent, and I got a, auditions, and I got a movie with Charles Grodin, and he was, and I, that's when I was auditioning for SNL, and we we're on Catalina Island, and he wanted to, and also Phil Hartman was in the movie, and he, I was auditioning, and uh, I was supposed to meet Lauren finally. After meeting Franken and Davis and everything and them seeing me and, uh, and he called on his own and recommended me and Lorraine Newman recommended me. She saw me wow. in the Groundlings. She'd been there. And, um, that's pretty generous. Really the two I mean, of them, I think is yeah. why I got the show. And, it's uh, so, it was it's so weird to me. Crazy. You know, like a simple idea, like a guy lying, a pathological liar. It's such a simple idea. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's so brilliant, but it's simple. And, right. and, and that's like the best stuff. Anything complicated, it, 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 audiences don't give a shit. You know what I mean? They just want to latch onto an idea fast and it's got to be super funny. And, and, yeah, and well, what, I loved old movies. And so I think the thin man, you know, there was a character in there going, they're drill, drilling this guy and go, where were you? You know, the cops are grilling a, a criminal. Where were you, Charlie? He goes, yeah, yeah, that's it. I wasn't there. I was this. That's the ticket. You know, I didn't make that up, but I, I go, I want to play that character. But then you got to think of a new twist on it, you know. And I love the movie, so all my characters were a lot of Master Thespian was like John Barrymore and John Carradine. These guys with these great voices, and William Needles, my college professor, who taught me Shakespeare. I speak like this, you know. And it was, it was crazy. Their voices were so powerful. Oh, man. Like, Hello. But somehow I could imitate them and 
When you would do Master Thespian on um, Saturday Night Live, I used to fucking marvel at that character. I, I first Thank of all, you. you were always in character. You always like you kept that. I used to love old movies too, and when it, it, it seems like in old movies, people just spoke super fast. You know what I mean? It was this, right. It was this rat a tat tat, like a whole different rhythm. People act differently now, but old <laughs> movies was like that's right. You didn't know, and then I went, and I yeah, and it was like this crazy rhythm, and you always captured that so perfectly. I yeah, I remember I was about eighteen, that. and I was watching these movies, and I remember I, I would make my mom laugh. I go, why do they talk like that? So fast, and then there's that guy. Hi, Tolly, how are you? What's going on? Nothing. Anything new? No. Hold on, I got to get the phone. Hello. <laughs> you know, and they'd slow down. And um, but James Cagney talked like that, and and I thought, uh, and then Walter Winchell was huge on the radio, and they're saying they were imitating him. But you know, in the beginning, movies they would get all these talkies, you know, talking pictures, and they'd get all these actors from Broadway. And when you're doing a play, they go, you can't have any dead spaces. So they would talk really fast. And there was a play, the front, pa uh, uh, the front page. And they would speak really fast like that. And I think it carried over into the movies, you know. Yeah. It's and then weird Jimmy when Stewart would talk so slow. Well, I, I'm not doing that. You know, I, you know, well, okay. And Gary Cooper, you know, slow. And, well, I guess so, you know. And um, those guys were amazing actors. And so... I think that's why they did it. And finally, you know, movies started to develop. They got it and developed their own style, you know. <clears throat> but it always too. made me laugh. And Phil and I would always do it. And, and um, really, I got in the groundlings because Phil did this play, uh, Chick Hazard Olympic Trials, for the Olympic Arts Festival. And I got to understudy a part in it. So, uh, and then we became, you know, I... He was nine years older than me, and I idolized him. He was the king of the groundlings. He was the only one in the group that had a job, and he had his own car, a new car, and he had a house. And the rest of us were dead broke, you know. Right. <laughs> and uh, he was like my big brother. And so I was so grateful to him, you know, and, and um, I was always trying to get him on Saturday Night Live. And, you know, when he, he got the job, and he turned it down. Saturday then, Night Live. Yeah. And the wow. next year, and then I, and then I said, come on, Phil. And I, cause I remember I mentioned him to Lauren for the next year and he goes, well, John, how long has he been in the groundlings? I said, 10 years. He goes, and he hasn't made it yet. There must be a reason. I go, I, I guess I, you know, cause I say, Lauren, listen, if you think I'm good, you'll love Phil. He's a genius. I mean, and so I thought, well, why hasn't he? And he didn't really want it. You know, I thought he didn't believe in himself. So when he, he said no to the show and then he said, okay, yes. So I called him up wanting the credit. So, Phil, did you change your mind because of me? Because I convinced you. <laughs> He's like, no. I'm like, why? Oh, well, but, but wait a second. Me. This is really Joel Silver, the producer, convinced him to do but it. Why, why do you think that Phil Hartman, who to me, arguably, is seriously maybe one of the top five performers on Saturday Night Live of all time. I mean, the guy was a utility player. He could play any character. He was a, just a brilliant, brilliant he, comic. Oh, yeah, he and Jim Carrey, the only two guys I know, they could change their face and look like the character they were playing without makeup. Like, how right. do you do that? It's impossible. But they could do it. It's, it's it is crazy. impossible. It is crazy. Yeah. And, and But why would a guy, I just it's curious to me from a, a human standpoint, why would a guy like that turn down Saturday Night Live, which was the place for Phil Hartman because he's a sketch comic and they do sketches and it's on a national level. It's the, do you think it's like, fear? no, I can tell you why I'd go to his house 
And he'd be on the phone when I got Saturday Live and I'd go to his house. He had a little house in the valley, you know, and he loved it. And, and I go, and he goes, Hey, my, guess who's here? My friend John Lovitz, the star of Saturday Night Live. And I'm like, Hey, I don't know. So he'd, but he'd say that. And, and I go, Phil, you should get on the show. And no, no, I like my life. I'm happy. And, you know, I, cause he was writing scripts. Like he wrote Pee Wee Herman's big adventure. He co-wrote it and he would get like 125 grand. He goes for a script. He goes, that's enough money. I like my life. I don't want to be famous. I don't want any of that. Crazy. But I think deep down he did want it, you know, but it, he'd been there for 10 years. And you know how he got in the groundlings? He went there for a birthday party to see a show and then. There was an intermission and all the actors were backstage and and they and they hear the audience like dying laughing and they go, what's going on? And they went out there and Phil was on stage entertaining everybody. And they were like, this guy's great. They go, you want to be in the group? He'd never done it. He could just do it. What do you mean? You mean what was Phil doing before he joined the Groundlings? Was he a comic? He was a graphic designer and his brother, um, John Hartman, was a manager of groups like uh, Poco and America Wow. And Crosby stills in Nash and, and, and he said to Phil, Hey, um, I need a, um, I'm doing America's best. I'm doing America's best, uh, best of America. Can you do an album cover? So Phil goes, all right, I'll try. Then of course he, his brother told me he drew this thing he goes, you mean something like this? And his brother goes, something like this, this, you know, wow, he just what could do it. I, he, he could do anything. It, it, I mean, Plus, he was the nicest guy and the humblest guy, you know? Yeah, it's just so he amazing just, to he me. He could just do it. It's amazing to me, a guy that talented, talented and confident, and then he goes to see the Groundlings and somehow has the balls to walk up on stage during an intermission <laughs> when he's never really right. performed and start entertaining people. I mean, I wish I could see what he did. I mean, that's insane yeah, me to too. me. Yeah, he was just, yeah. he could just do it, you know, and he never took acting lessons. He, never, he could just do it. But when you, when you, the Groundlings is great and you're doing improv, you know, sketches for 10 years, of course you get better and really learn how to do it great. What but makes was, you, uh, what, what makes you so generous that you would say to Lorne Michaels, now here you are a player on Saturday Night Live. Um, yes. you would think, and, and you know this is true in show business, people also get very paranoid and you'd say, gee, I hope Phil Hartman never gets on Saturday Night Live because he'd get a lot of roles that maybe I'd get and maybe he'd take over the show. That was very generous of you to keep saying, Phil, you've got to do Saturday Night Live. Lauren, you got to get this guy. He's genius. Oh, well, I pushed him like crazy. Well, what happened was my first year, the cast was, you know, amazingly talented. And, and, and you know, they had Randy Quaid and Robert Downey Jr. and Anthony Michael Hall and, and uh, Terry Sweeney and, uh, and Randy Quaid and me. And the, and then they had like Denitra Vance and Joan Cusack and Nora Dunn and Dennis Miller. And, and then we were getting slammed, you know, and a, a member of review came out in TV guide. We'd done 11 shows by then. It goes Saturday night dead. And mm. by this time, everyone was imitating my liar character, which is just, you know, the audience picks the, the hits. You know, you know that the audience right. picks who's going to be hit and famous. You have no control over that. You just put it out there and hopefully they like it. So anyway, that, so they let everybody go the first year except for Nora and Dennis Miller and myself. So then they came to us and they said, well, who do you work well with? We want people you work well with. So I recommended Phil, the four best people in the groundlings who people I looked up to, you know, was a, uh, uh, Phil and Tim Stack and Lynn Stewart, who was, uh, in Pee Wee's, uh, you've seen her in uh, Pee Wee Herman, Miss, uh, the pretty girl, the ballerina. You know. Oh, uh, Miss um, 
the hell's her name? I can't think of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was great. Lynn, who, Lynn who's hysterically yeah. like crazy funny, and Tress McNeil, who you've seen her do a million voices on The Simpsons, and she's a brilliant stage actress and beautiful. So I recommended the four of them. And Lauren wow. even said Tress and Lynn were the best, but he felt they were they were in their late thirties. He thought they were too old. And then he so he and then went on whatever happened with Tim, he picked Phil. Tim was great, of course. It made, you know, oh, Miss Yvonne. Those guys really Miss helped. Yvonne, by the way. Miss Yvonne. Miss Yvonne, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Phil and Tim, you know, really looked out for me and helped me when I got in the group. And Tim was really generous and put me in his pieces, you know. And uh, we lived in the same apartment building, Tim and I. So, and he was only a few years older, but I looked up to these guys. You know, they were the king, the best guys in the groundlings. So that's who I recommended. Yeah, and, smart. Um, but Phil, because Phil was like my older brother, you know, I idolized him and I wanted to be like him. He was nine years older, you know, and, and, um, Everybody loved him. You know, he was the only guy I know that in every group he was in, everyone, he never, everyone loved him from the groundlings to Saturday Night Live to news radio, you know, and comedians, they are, they're very, very competitive, you know, and someone yeah. always has a problem with somebody, but not Phil. And it's unbelievable. So, uh, you know why? You know, and so I, fucking... of course, it's like having your best friend at your work. It's fantastic. And he's not, you know what it is? He's not a threatened kind of guy because, um, you know, you think about it. Phil Hartman designed, not only did no. he design the America album, but he designed Steely Dan's Asia. You'd think, like, he, well, he, he could have just been... Poco and the Crosby, Stills, and Nash logo, he designed that. I mean, you know what? If I did that, that would be my whole gig. I wouldn't even think about... Con I mean, you'd be like, wow, what yeah. a talented guy. What an original mind. But he was just he, doing it for fun. Jeez. Isn't that something? It is he, so crazy. He was like this. He'd, he We had an office next door to each other. So I'd walk into his office. I go, "Hey Phil, what are you doing?" Oh, I'm supposed to be writing sketches. I'm reading a magazine about fly fishing. Oh, <laughs> three weeks later, I walk into his office. What are you doing? You have a whole kid. He goes, "I'm making flies," <laughs> and he would make them like yeah, right. perfect. Wow! Go, How do you do that? You know, he just <laughs> uh, yeah, unbelievable. He was unbelievable. And he was a pilot. You know. John, the he other thing too, he had a plane. I think it's crazy. The other thing I got to ask you about is um, you play, that, just in light of David Crosby dying, uh, which I love David Crosby. He was such a great guest. Came on my show twice. Yeah. And I, and I, and I also talked to him outside of the studio. I went to see a movie with him. It, it was just, he was just a lovely guy and what a talent. You play, there was a sketch where you played David Crosby on Saturday Night yeah, Live. Yeah, they right? had a, uh, Right. I played him and they had a, um, <laughs> I just saw this sketch recently. I don't know. It was a, it was a Christmas, uh, I don't know, <laughs> like a rehab Christmas celebration show. And yeah. Phil was Johnny Cash and Nora was Liza Minnelli and I was David Crosby. <laughs> and we're like, you know, it's Christmas. And I just played him like he's completely out of it. Right. And still like high as a kite. Like, what? <laughs> Graham? You know? And yeah. then we'd sing the 12, Days of Christmas, and we go do 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 do, and then I come to me, apologize to all the people you accidentally shot, and it was really funny. I just played him out of it. So get the so Dana used to live in the same neighborhood as 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 David Crosby in Los Angeles, and and Graham Nash. They all lived in Encino at one point. So Dana said, "Oh, I know David Crosby." So one time, Dana Carvey me over to. Yeah, we took, he took me over to his house, David Crosby's house. I met David and his wife 
Jan, and they, he was super nice. And a few years later, this is really funny. He got an award from Music Cares, which is a, the charity arm of the Grammys. And he gets an award for like being sober for a year. And David calls me, goes, John, I want you to get up at this thing. It's like a thousand people. It's a sit down dinner. And I want you to like come out as me the way you did me on the show and totally out of it. Like I go, but I was totally out of it. And how he goes, yeah, yeah, I want you to do it and come out and accept the award as me. That's I go, funny. okay. So he's getting an award and everyone, he's just being, you know, sober for a year and working on his, you know, having a great, I guess, regenerating his career. So I come out and I go, uh, thank you. And, and I go, anyway, it's really good to, Ram? Anyway, so I'm playing it like just out of my skull. Like, I don't know what's going on out of it. And afterward, everyone's like, that was so disrespectful. How could you do that? You just won an award for being sober and you're up there. <laughs> <laughs> like he's out of his gourd. And so I went up to David after and I go, Hey, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. He goes, No, 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 no. I, I, I go, No one was laughing. He goes, No, no, John, I loved it. He goes, I was crying laughing and everybody at my table was laughing their heads off. I loved it. And I go, Okay, good. As long as you liked it. He goes, No, no, I loved it, you know? But everyone else Which, in the room was like, Oh my God. I can't believe this guy's doing this. <laughs> oh, is that the worst feeling in the world when you get off and like you've did yeah, like but it no one been, gets it? It makes me laugh. They're all like, you know, he's getting sober and then I get up. <laughs> but you know what's so great about that story? It's exactly why I love David Crosby. Like here he's getting this serious award for sobriety and, and, and like, and, and his first thought is, Oh, I can't take this seriously. I got to ask John Lovitz to go up and play me. And, you know, I mean, the guy's so yeah. fucking, so fucking awesome that he would even ask you to do that. It shows such a sense of humor because I thought the story was going, I played David Crosby and then I met him and he was like trying to kill me because, um, I was making fun of him. But the guy, the guy didn't have a thin skin, you know, it's, it's just great. Yeah, I mean, when I, I was on that show from 85 to 90, and I don't think anybody had more fun than me meeting everybody. I'm, I remember you back then and everyone going, you know, John Lovitz is not funny. Right. Used to make fun of me. So then and my at a publisher goes, just go on his show. I go, no, fuck him making fun. I don't even know the guy. So then one time I was in some, I don't know what it was, some premiere and, and you're, and a guy from your show was there might have been stuttering John. They go, what do you think of Howard Stern? I go, Howard Stern looks like Joey from the Ramones. You're and right. And then I was like, and then I started singing Howard Stern is gay, you know. And then I heard they go, Howard heard that. He thought it was the funniest thing ever. Because <laughs> I go, I'm just going to nail him back. I go, like that, you know. I loved it. I love it. Oh, and then man. the last time I met you at the gym. I don't know if you remember, I was doing yep. a play on Broadway in 2001. Yep. And that, this gym, private gym, and I met you there. Yeah, and absolutely. I remember. Very, yeah. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. And you were yeah. very, very nice. And very tall. Yeah, very tall. And, uh, yeah, we, we, uh, What's we worked about? out together and look at us. I mean, how you can't see two more buff guys <laughs> right. on the planet. My chin. I imagine you two meeting at a gym. Gym. Yeah, imagine. <laughs> you know what? If settle you looked down, at the two Robin, of us, a... yeah, settle down, Robin. The, la the last thing you would think is that we met a at a point. gym. <laughs> you're right. You're, I know. <laughs> It's so crazy, you know, and, uh, it, you know, the other highlight I was thinking about, well, how did you end up in the uh, movie with Madonna? The, um, what the heck's the name of the movie? I can't think of it. <laughs> My mind's shot today. A League of Their Own? League of Their Own. Yeah, man. Penny Marshall directed one of the best films ever, right? Yeah. Yeah. Was so that how's a this result? for crazy? Go ahead. I get Saturday Night Live. So then, and then 
I don't like in, and then you got to move out there two weeks later. You get, you get the show. You got to move to New York. Boom. And I, I did a voiceover this cartoon. I was getting everything. Wow. After, and I, I had to turn down divorce court. (laughs) (laughs) Poor you. Oh, and this is the crazy thing. I get the show and Al Franken says, you are everything we, we didn't want in one person. What does that mean? I go, thanks a lot. I go, then why'd you hire me? Cause you were funny. And it was because I did this thing, this sketch with Tim Stack, and I would look up at Tim and the point in the sketch. And then I did it on my dish with Randy Quaid, who's 6'4", like Tim. And I remember I looked up at Randy at one point when I would look up at Tim, and I did a double take. Like I went, you know, and I looked like, oh. And Al thought that was the funniest thing ever. And I was just thinking, oh, just like Tim. Isn't it funny? What do you mean? He goes, well, we wanted someone like a Tom Hanks kind of a guy, someone like that. You were everything we didn't want. And then the, and then the dynamite who produced the show, she goes, here's who we think is going to break out this year. And she mentions five people, not me. I go, but not me. She tells me this. I go, you know, I'm on the show, right? I'm on the show. You're, t- it's so insulting. But anyway, so I get the first, the show, I move out. The first thing I, I did was a short film. Madonna's the host. She's there for two weeks. I mean, she was big then, but not like as big as she got, but she was still really big. And so this uh, this guy, George Myers, who was a big, big writer on The Simpsons later, and George wrote a sketch where it's a short film, and Madonna's driving through the country. So we shot it in Central Park, and she keeps hearing this sound knocking in her car. So she pulls over, and she opens her hood, and I jump out, right? That's the joke. And I jump out of the car, and I jump on her, and I'm like basically raping her. But I jump on her and attacking her and rolling on the ground. And one night, Sean Penn's there watching and he's like glaring at me i'm like oh great <laughs> jumping all over his wife <laughs> but we became friends later china so anyway he's a great guy but anyway i'm doing that so then they have a lunch break right my first thing i ever did with her at 2 30 in the morning and i'm sitting there and across from me is penny marshall and mm. and she was wearing a green beaver coat and i used i teased her about it later she said stop it but anyway she befriended me from day one my first show on SNL, she gets me a lunchbox, Night Rider lunchbox, your Saturday Night Live survival kit. And it was like had Maalox and aspirin. And I go, why, why does, I didn't get it, right? Then I mm. did the show for a while. I go, oh, now I get it. <laughs> Cause it's a lot right. of pressure. It's very, you're there 80 hours a week. There's only eight of us back then, you know? So it was like, you're in, and I was grateful. I'm in five sketches a week. And by the way, Phil used to complain. He was the only guy complaining. I'm in too many. I'm in 10 sketches every week. I can't do it, which is a, it's crazy. A lot of sketches. It's crazy amount of work. But anyway, I did that. And then she put me in her movies. And then, oh, then the one summer, the first summer after the show, I, you know, I live, she lives in Los Angeles. Says, do I, she goes, where are you going to live? I go, I don't know. Cause I'd given up my apartment. She goes, well, you can stay at my house if you want. I go, really? And she had this, you know, mansion. So right. I stayed at her house for the summer and she really looked out for me, you know, and, um, I was after my first show, she called me up. She goes, learn your lines. I go, what do you mean? She goes, I can see you're reading the cards. The cue, they have mm. cue cards. And I thought I could look at him really quick and back and nobody would like the camera wouldn't see it. Like an right. idiot. Of course the camera, they was like, you know, <laughs> see yeah. cards. I didn't know. I'd never darting. So I would, I would, would learn my lines. A lot of people, I was like one of the few, Phil, to, I'd learn my lines. Yeah, but know? it made a difference in your performance. It did. Because well, yeah, you, because you can do yeah. the show, the sketch. You're not like going like this and 
well, what do you mean? How are you? You know, I, cause I was an actor. I go, I got to play the scene. And I was trying to do like my best acting and really be in the, like you said, match the thespian. You're always in character. Yeah. You're not supposed to break character. You're in the character. And the, cause you're selling the sketch. It's not about me. It's about you watching the sketch. And here's this character, master thespian and in a story. Then there was the time, you know, when I went to play Hamlet, then there was the time, you know, and this happened and then, you know, and it's a story. You yeah, know you know, I mean? you make a good point. Remember the character. I, I'm, you know, I know that the cast uses uh, uses a uh, credit. Uh, what do you call those uh, cards? You know, to read off of, and they always say, just look at the cards. Don't look at the other actors. And it's very obvious that there's cards involved. I, I why don't they on Saturday Night Live kind of demand? I know that they change stuff right well, up until Lauren, the end. Lauren but, says use the credit cards. I mean, if you're doing something to camera like on Weekend Update. And well, you can place wherever you want, but they would place you right cards. under the lens. Yeah, cue yeah. cards. So yeah. you had to know what you were saying, but but if you read it or said it, didn't matter. You know what I mean? And you have yeah. to, you know, you only have so much time. I mean, it's a tremendous amount of work. You know, they'll produce fourteen sketches, and then they'll cut six, and maybe eight make it on air. Right. When I was on it, so so you really had to. You didn't have time to learn everything. You couldn't learn everything. It was too much. So if it was to camera, I would know it, but I didn't, wouldn't memorize it. But other than that, I would memorize it. But the reason they have the cards is after dress rehearsal ends at 10, then they, everyone, uh, the host and the head right go into Lauren's office from 10 to 1030. And then everyone goes into Lauren's office at 1030. He goes, okay, I have a lot of notes, you know, and then you'd get all these notes. And you'd look at the, uh, on his office on one wall was a, is a bulletin board with all the sketches. And then you, you know, on, on all these index cards and go act one, two, three, four, five. And then he would take the sketches that got cut and put them off to the far right. So the order of the show would change. And then I would look. I don't know. I was the only one that did this because I couldn't remember. So I'd write down the order of the sketches I was in. And usually everything I was in got, got in, which I was, you know, lucky. So I'd write, I, I'd like, you know, write this sketch. I write like five sketches on the back page of my script, make a line. And then he'd give us notes on each sketch and I'd wait and I'd write down the notes, you know, and mm. they would cut like huge pieces of dialogue. So that's why they use the cards because you give notes from 1030 to 11 and then you get ready and 1130 you're on. So it's hard to remember every single right. cut and every, you know, it, it's, so that's why they use cue cards, you know, but I would still learn it. And, but sometimes you, you know, you, you could go like, well, I don't know. And you'd be looking at the card and looking back. But, uh, Dabney Coleman hosted the show and he, and he really used the cards. He was brilliant at it and it was a sketch where he's a, a, a scout master and we're around the campfire, all of us. And he's sitting in front of us. So he'd say, you want to hear a, a scary story? You know, they hear like, you know, the Bigfoot story. This, he goes, you guys want to hear a story? There was a man and he met this woman and fell in love with her. The next thing you know, she left him and she got all of his money and his car and his house. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you a scary story. <laughs> yeah, right. So he, he was like saying, yeah, put one card uh, off to the left, put one down low, put one high. So he, so it looked like he was looking around at us, talking to us. Wow. And he had the cards in all different places. And I was like, ooh, that's smart. That is smart. That, <laughs> that, that's yeah, just you got to know how to use them. It's clever. But oh yeah, yeah. But anyway, Penny Marshall, she befriended me and put me in her movies. And then League of Their Own, they she had them. They wrote the well, and actually, she didn't have them. They wrote the script. David Onspot, who directed Hoosiers and Rudy, he was supposed to direct the movie originally, and it didn't happen. And then Penny did it. 
But they wrote that part for me, you know, the writers, Lowell Gans yeah. and Bob Lou Mandel. Yeah, I'm really and struck I got, by I how got it. I'm struck how generous she was to you. First of all, picking up the oh, phone. Oh, she was and like my, like a mother. I mean, she was so great to me. God bless her. You know, really yeah, I mean, looked out for me. You know the way I lived in her kind of, house for t like two years. What was oh, that like? You liked it. Well, the first summer, so I live at her house, and guess who? And she has like four bedrooms. Guess who's in the bedroom next to me? Living Rob like Reiner? Yeah. No, Ooh. Joe Ooh. Pesci. Joe Pesci. Oh my! You're yeah. kidding me. Like, would she? No. Is she that type of person? Like, I, I thought Penny Marshall was a genius. You know, I mean, Laverne and Shirley, and then goes on to this great directing career. But w w in other words. Was she the type of person that collected people? Like, like if she believed in yeah. you, she put yeah, and and that's and and she discovered Joe Pesci. She didn't discover Joe, but she was friends with him. Penny had an amazing life. She was from the Bronx. You know who she went to high school with? With wow. her and Ralph Lauren and Calvin Klein. Wow, <laughs> is that wow. crazy? Yeah, that is crazy. And she was, I think, best friends with. Um, Calvin Klein's wife, and you know, his daughter Marcy became a big producer and produced 30 Rock and, and, um, the small world. So yeah, she would do that. And, and then Joe and I became friends. I just saw him. He's a great guy, but you know, he's very funny and he was, he's about 42 or 43. So we would play, uh, uh, uh ping pong because John, come on. And he, Joe's like, you know, way shorter than me, but he's like intense. He goes, all right, we're going to play ping pong. And whoever loses, it's, you, you, uh, you, you get a slap and a kick. Oh my God. It's so, the, so we're yeah. playing ping pong and, and he's good. You know, I'm, I'm pretty right. good, but he was better. And he beat me. He goes, all right, come here. And he slapped me. And then he kicked me in the butt and kicked me into the pool. And I'd come out. So, and he beat me like, I don't know, six, seven games in a row, a bunch. So we play a game and I won. He mm. goes, okay, you get a slap and a kick, but you know, I'm going to win the next game. And so whatever you do, I'm going to get you back in the next game. So you, so I'm like, <laughs> laughing and really want to slap him hard but i know he's probably gonna win the next game and now but it was very you know he wasn't really hitting me hard but it was very funny and he, <laughs> so in other words john let me understand this when you were living at pennies was this post saturday night live or pre-saturday night live during saturday night live like the, we'd be off for the summer. wow okay so she says to you john i got this big house come take a bedroom and live here and she says the same thing to like a Joe Pesci, who yeah. I guess what was he already in the movies like with De Niro and was a you know was it uh, you know was he the eighty the summer of eighty six, right? So yeah, he was already he'd already, I think yeah he'd already done Raging Bull, you know wow. back then it was like like I'd meet Charles Grodin and then he goes oh I know Penny and Lorraine I go everybody it was like everybody knew each other and there's maybe five thousand people really working and they all knew each other. It's and Lauren was friends with Penny, and Lauren was friends with Charles Grodin, and of course Lorraine Newman, and she knew them. They all knew each other. They're all like would and, hang out, and they're all friends. So, in other words, to get on, you know, you got to be talented to get in with that crowd, and you, you know, to get on Saturday Night Live. But at the same point, knowing Charles Grodin, having done a movie with him, this and that, and everyone's so generous, like says, "Hey, come on, hire this guy." It's like kind of a charmed life. And then Penny says to you, listen, you're not doing Saturday Night Live right now. Come live in my house and let's have some fun. She's where are you going to live this summer in LA? I go, I don't know. She's going to live in my house. And I'd been to her house once and it was beautiful. I'm like, yeah. You know, it was Do you gorgeous, feel funny you know? though? Like, because you're making money already. You, you well, know, you're no, yeah, I, yeah. And I said to her, you know, at a certain point I said, listen, I can't. Yeah. I said, I can't just like live here and not. Contribute. 
yeah. contribute. Right. I go, can I like pay your rent or something? I go, I can't like just, you know, mooch. So, so she goes, man, you can pay 400 bucks. I, I, whatever. She says, we'll pay for your food. I go, okay. So I did that with that, you know, or, and then I ended up, you know, I just supplied her kitchen. I ain't no fridge here. Right. You know, I need, no. a, I need a microwave. Yeah. So the kitchen, I did the fridge and the microwave, but I wanted to, you know, yeah, you can't just, I couldn't just like live with a great, you know, like were there great parties where, where I mean, Pesci's yeah, living in all one the bedroom. Best was, yeah. Well, yeah. the best was her best friend is Carrie Fisher, right? Right. So great beauty, <laughs> right? Carrie Fisher. Yeah. Carrie, yeah. Is, Carrie is, was, uh, yeah. God bless her. She was so funny, really dry sense of humor. I mean, and she would make fun of herself. So every so she and Penny would and I don't think the same birthday is pretty close. So every year they would have a birthday party and it would either be at Penny's house together, Penny's house or Carrie's house. And you would go and everybody would be there. Oh. And wow. I remember going and and one time in Penny's house and I mean every major movie star and I see Clint Eastwood and he goes, "Oh, I've seen you, you know, you're really funny." I'm like, "Fuck it, Clint Eastwood, you know." And, and my dad, I knew I go, "Yeah, my dad was a doctor in the Encino." He goes, "My dad was your doctor in the Valley." Oh, that could have been possible. Yeah, you're really funny. And I I mean, yeah, by the way, wasn't I remember your dad, David uh, Bowie coming in downstairs? Hey, John, you know, and I, I used to go to this restaurant in the uh, in New York called Columbus. That's what Penny brought me to this restaurant. I heard you talking about all these guys on The Sopranos, right? So, right. so I met all of them. So before The Sopranos, so Penny goes, there used to be a restaurant in New York called Cafe Central, and all the actors would go there. And then it closed, and then they opened up a new one called you would know Columbus on eighty on sixty nine yeah, Columbus. I know it. And Penny brings me there. She brings me there, and I meet Paul Herman, who was on, you know, The Sopranos, Beansy. And she goes, Polly, this is John Lovett. She just got Saturday Night Live. Take care of him. Okay. And Paul became one of my best friends. And I met everybody. And, and the restaurant, like, was, you know, um, Regis Philbin was an investor and Robert De Niro and Barishnikov. So I would go and it was like a club and I'd go there and there's this, the main room had 12 tables and everybody wanted to be there and that main, those 12 tables and everybody from Los Angeles and showbiz would come by and stop at Columbus and Larry Gordon produced lethal weapon and stuff. He'd get a table, everybody. And so I'm in there and I met Danny Aiello and I became like really like my dad. We were really close friends. And he goes, I met him and he goes, John, I go, what are you doing? He goes, well, I'm doing a play across the street at Lincoln Center. You want to come see it? Yeah, I just met him. The next day I go, he gets me a ticket, House of Blue Leaves, and, and he's doing it, and he does this move on stage. I'm like, what is, is he imitating me like Master Thespian? Yes, he did it in the middle of the play. <laughs> and this one guy's on stage <laughs> doing this monologue, this kid, and I'm like, eh, he's okay. And it was Ben Stiller, right? Before he was Ben Stiller. And then wow. I ended up helping Ben get on but his whole career, by the way. Me. <laughs> did you? Kind of. No, but, but but take a little yeah. bow on that. But How I'm there and, I meet, and a friend, Brian Hamill, who's Woody Allen, still photographer at Columbus, goes, you guys got to meet this guy. He's going to be the next heavyweight champion of the world, Mike Tyson. I, I, I know custom model. So I meet Mike when he's 19. Wow. Right before he's champion. I met Barishnikov, and he's there. And he, it's Misha, my friend Misha. You know, and, and I mean, one time I'm in there. It was crazy. And I look around the room. There's Sam Kinison with his family. There's Danny Aiello, all the actors. And then in the middle of the room is Bruce Springsteen and wow. Sting having dinner in this room with 12 tables. I go, this is crazy. You know, one time we're in there, Dana Carvey and Dennis Miller and I, and we're sitting with Mick Jagger and David Bowie and, and, and Corbin Burnson too. And we're all going, can you believe this? You know, 
And then we're, and then afterward, David Bowie goes, Hey, you guys want to go dancing? And Dana and Dennis are like, Yeah, dancing sure. with Bowie. And we go <laughs> yeah. to this club, you know, not, you know, and everyone's dancing right. around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And David's like really smooth. And we're like, oh, the fuck we're dancing with Bowie, you know? And, <laughs> How I mean, amazing I had the is best that? Time. Uh, How amazing, it was amazing is that? What do and you Lauren do? Would always be mad at me. Why are you doing at Columbus? And I go. I go. It's fun. I go. I go to. Di well, it's fun. I would do this show, and then I would go there every Friday and have run lines with people. I go run lines with me, you know. But it was a hangout, and then every night I'd, I'd be there, and I'd have a piece of chocolate cake, like my dad, a little dessert. I gained 10 pounds every year for five years. Of course. Like 50 pounds. <laughs> You're and living I, the I life. I built up the muscle under my chin. <laughs> this is fat. It's all it's so muscle. It's so huge funny. Now. Isn't that funny? What do you what do you do, John, when you're in that scene and like you're sitting at a table with, let's say, Mick Jagger? I mean, yeah, is the move to t ask about his career or do you just kind of play it cool and act yeah. like he's nobody? What do you, how do you? No, you know, I what's got the, the behavior? best stories. Yeah. I, well, because I was on the people knew me. So I'd meet them and they go, hey, John, you know. I was in there once Christopher Walken, he like comes in and he points at me, he goes, the devil, you know, and then I became friends with him and he was super funny. The funniest was, oh, I'll tell you funny. No, I'd ask him. So Billy Joel comes in one day. He right. goes, you dated so, Lydia Carnell, you dated, I go, yeah. He goes, you, Lydia. I go, yeah, Lydia, you know, it wasn't a secret. And for a little bit, I go, yeah. He goes, oh my God, Lydia Cornell. Well, Lydia was a receptionist. She was from Too Close from Comfort at this, uh, in Colorado at the studio when Billy was unknown and he had a crush on her, right? Right. And I'm like, well, but you're Billy Joel. You're married to Christy Brinkley, for God's sake. What are you going on about me? So, so, um, <laughs> and I said, Billy, you know, I'm a huge fan and I would always listen to 52nd Street and this, you know, my life. And you go, yeah, got a friend. He moved to LA to be, you know, stand up. And I, I wasn't a stand up. I was doing comedy and it really inspired me. I listened to it every day, right? And I'm talking to him, and he's like me, just a regular guy. We're talking for an hour and a half. I go, what? So I'm asking him, well, what about this song? What did that mean? What did the, do you mind me asking? He goes, no, ask me anything. They'd always say that. So like you, I'm a big fan. So I wanted to ask him about what they did. But I asked him about this, this, this. We're talking for an hour and a half. Here's my number. Here's my phone number. We should really hang. Great guy, right? I go, great. You know, we're talking. And then who walks in? Brooke Shields, who at the time is the, the most... She's considered the most beautiful woman in the world. The sexiest, most beautiful woman in the world. And I met her once before and I go, oh, hey, Brooke, sit down. So she sits down. So I'm all excited. I'm talking to Brooke Shields for like 10 minutes. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and Billy Jolly leans behind her. He goes, hey, John, what are you doing? Because weren't we having like a thing and really connecting and talking? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's Brooke Shields. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no offense. Yeah, 20, no offense. I'm like, 20 years of Brooke, it's the hottest woman in the world. Right. But how crazy is that? Was like before you, was not then, you know. Yeah, but how, crazy. but how crazy is that? Because, you know, uh, you know, you're sitting and having a conversation with Billy Joel, and then you're how like, about oh, this? I, yeah. One afternoon, David Bowie walks into Columbus. I just happen to be there. Oh, hey, he sits down with me, just the two of us, for an hour and a half. Just oh, me my and David God. Bowie. I'm asking what was him that about like? everything. What did you ask him about? What sticks out in your mind? Because I love Bowie. The two I questions mean, I asked him, and this is more about me, because I said he was so regular, right? Which, right. as you know, you go, yeah, everyone's just like regular. I don't know. You think they're the guy when you see him perform. No, they're just regular and they're performing. So right. he was just a regular guy. I said, and I said to him, you know, 
You're such a regular guy. I go, so I go, I read once you said you wanted to bring, you know, you were studying theater in college and you wanted to bring theater to rock. I go, so when you were doing Ziggy Stardust, like that was just like, that was just a character. Ziggy Stardust. He goes, exactly. He goes, right. exactly. I was, it's a character, like an actor. Oh. And then I said, uh, I never, you know, I, I smoked pot maybe like a few times in college, maybe 13 times in my life. I didn't like it. I never did other drugs because I, I didn't, I didn't like it. So that's it. So <laughs> I asked David Boy, I go, you know, I never did cocaine. So do you think I like missed out on anything? He goes, no, he goes, he goes, he goes, I had a horrible problem with it. I said, well, do you think it made your music better? He goes, yeah, I thought so for like a month, you know, and, and then I, I would be high and I'd cook and then I would do the music and then I'd listen to it the next morning and it was shit. So he goes, it <laughs> right. didn't help at all. So I go, he goes, so I, he goes, I had a horrible problem with it for like 10 years. He goes, I go, so I didn't miss out on anything doing cocaine, cocaine. He goes, no, no, you didn't miss out on a thing, you know? And then the wow. next time I saw him was at Penny Marshall's at his, her house when Carrie's birthday party. And he comes walking down the stairs. And it was maybe like five years later. <laughs> and he goes, Oh, hey, John. I go, Hey, David. How you doing? He goes, what are you doing? Well, I'm doing this movie. It's about it. And he goes, All right. You don't have to give me the whole script. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but is that, you know, is that a trap in a way because, you know, you're busy doing your career? Trap. When you start to hang with a crowd like that and it gets very heady and it's very big, like I think, you know, knowing Kinnison really well, when he got sort of accepted into that crowd and, and he was, you know, he was being uh, the toast of the town, I feel it took him away out of the comedy. Did you get nervous when you were having incredible nights like that? Did you get sucked into that world, into the world of all these people? And then your own word, your own work could suffer. You know, it's in a way hard to stay grounded when you're surrounded by all of that fame and success and, and all that craziness, isn't it? No, 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 because, well, not for no, because for, I mean, look, I was thrilled to meet all these people. You know, I couldn't believe I was on Saturday Night Live. I couldn't even say Saturday Night Live the whole time I was on the show. They go, what are you doing? I'm on Saturday Night Live. I'm on Saturday right. Night Live. I couldn't believe it. You know, and some people are like, get over it. You're on it. I go, you know, and part of me also, oh, well, I realized right away I was doing the, the, the liar character and I'm doing it at the growlings in a 99 seat theater. Now I'm doing it on television. The whole country's imitating it. Senators, it's in the news. It's people still imitate it. As you see, 30, 38 years later, they go, Oh, George Santos. Yeah. That's the ticket. You look it up. There's articles. That's the ticket. Yeah. To my liar character. Yeah. That's it. Still. People say to me, you go, yeah, that's the ticket. They don't even know that they're doing. I go, you know, that was me that I revived it, you know. Right. But I never, I never bought into it because I go, well, I knew back then, 85, I go, it's not me. It's television. If you put anybody on TV every week, they're going to get famous. So I go, it's not me. It's the fact that I'm on TV. So I never, I never bought. It's fun. I have fun with it. I know it's there, but I never totally bought into it. Because everyone goes, you know, what's fame? I go, fame yeah. is when you're walking down the street and someone goes, you're John Lovitz. I go, and in my head, I'm like, yeah. Well, I know I'm me. I've been me my whole life. Aren't you so, you? Aren't you you? Yes. And then they walk by and it's over, right? You know, yeah. You know how you said 
Well, you're like that. I mean, it's fun. I enjoy it. I'm grateful. If you, if you stop being grateful, then that's the problem. If you ever, if you walk through a performance, you're dead. People go, right. Oh, he doesn't have it anymore. It's, uh, and it's crazy. Like people go, Oh, you're still funny. I'm like, how do you mean I'm still, f- what do you think? It just goes away. That's what they think. It's crazy. Yeah, it goes away. Gee, Howard, you can still talk. You know how like, you what? said, but John, you know how you just you still said, know how to do a radio show. It's like that. You go, well, yeah. What do you, Sorry, you, know how you, you know, you know how you just said that, like you sat with Bowie and you said, Oh, so Ziggy Stardust was a character. It, when you when you're living in that house with uh, Joe Pesci, I am so thoroughly convinced that he's an actual mob guy that they. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I he scares me. Like I like like I I think of him as a real mob guy. W- did he have any background in uh like like was he a, t- a legitimate tough guy or was he just the consummate actor? Well, both. He was never a mobster or anything, but I actually, I just saw him, you know, actually at a memorial for, and he said, he basically, he was just, he's a lot of stuff, but he basically said he knew that world because he would, he would, he would, um, he was around those guys. That's the neighborhood he grew up in. Where'd he grow up? So he, he I'm not sure in New York, you know, I don't know if you know, Joe is like, I don't know. He was friends with like, he grew up with like Frankie Valley. Yeah. Right. And, and he's the one, he's introduced the, the songwriter, uh, uh, Frankie Valley to the songwriter, or he knew both of them, introduced them and they became the Four Seasons. And it's in the, sh- it's in the pl- musical. Yeah. Right. And, and Joe was like, he told me a story. He went up to the guy that, um, played him in, the, in, in the, uh, <laughs> in the musical. <laughs> he, he just did a prank on him and he went backstage. He goes, Oh, you know, I'm, so you play me in this musical, you know, I'm Joe Pesci. You play me, really? You think that, you think that's what I'm like, huh? You really think that's what I'm like? Fucking think that's what I'm like? And he scared the shit. Laughing. The guy was like, whoa, you know? Well, that's what I mean. You know, I don't know. I've never seen him hit him. He's all, you know. Who knows? I don't know. Threatening me and stuff. And I start laughing. I know he's not going to do anything. He's not a gangster. But he, but he's a, he, goes, he said, John, of course not. He goes, but I'm, I've been around those guys and I'm an actor and I can imitate them. I have seen them all my life and I know how they walk and how they think and how they talk, you know. You know, and, that's um, what, to me, that's what most of acting is. You sort of find people in life and you do an impression of them in a way. That's what, that's what your liar yeah. is. That's what, that's what the, the, the theater guy is, you know, the, the old time movie guy that you do. Yeah. I mean, anytime and, you do a character, you go like, well, who is it? Who is, it? and you eventually go, Oh, it's that guy that I met or this guy or, or, or some or what you're either playing yourself, you know, or a side of yourself or doing a character. And, and, but even when you're doing a character, is a great acting teacher, Uta Hagen in her book, Respect for Acting. She goes, you're, it's a, you're, you're playing different sides of yourself. That way it comes off real, you know, like if you're playing yeah. a guy from England, you go, you have to figure out how does your character think? It's really, th- so you go like, well, if I was born in England and Brighton and, you know, all to all like this or whatever or Liverpool. I'll be like this, you know, and totally like this, you know, and, and, and so you think like that, you're thinking like that, you're trying to, you know, you're doing your best and it's, it's that, but Joe is around those guys so he can imitate them like your lethal dad, weapon, right? Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he did that. And, uh, they actually wrote that part, uh, that he did for me. And I met this Jeffrey Bohm, the screenwriter twice told me that, but, uh, and Joel Silver, the producer goes, I'm going to get you an audition. And I met Dick, Richard Don, Dick Donner. He goes, Oh, you're going to have to audition, you know, and I go, all right, fine. You know, 
And then I never, what, what happened? They go, you weren't available. I don't, but it turned out he goes, oh, he, he worked for, with Bill Murray and on Scrooge and goes, I, I didn't like, I guess have a good time. He goes, I don't work with another comedian or whatever. I'm like, oh, great. So, so Joe goes, yeah, I went in and he goes, I'm not going to read for these guys, but I just said, I'm going to do one thing. And he'd met a guy at Disneyland, right? And he goes, he was at Disneyland, I think, with his daughter. He goes, how do you get to this right? And the guy, and the guy was like, um, uh, okay, 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 you, okay, 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 here's where you go. Wait, wait, okay, okay, like that. So Joe goes, I'm going to do that. And he got, you know, and they asked, you know. Wow. That's it, I, huh? He met yeah, some so he, guy yeah, who was yeah. weird and, and Joe did a great impression of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, like, 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 like he was okay, like. Okay, okay, yeah. And that was it. Yeah. It's fucking crazy business, isn't it? Of course it? you do the story and the dialogue. I mean, there's, it's funny, there's a lot to acting. I got lucky. There was a guy named Ralph Levy, and um, he used to produce and direct the Jack Benny show and Burns and Allen show. And my teacher, Tony Barr, is uh, acting for the camera, film actors workshop. He goes, I'm going to have Ralph. This is Ralph. He was like in his 60s. He's going to teach you how to do comedy. And the thing that he said was, he goes, look, you, the actor, are aware that you're being funny, but the character should be oblivious. And you do all right. the things that you do in drama. I was a drama major at UC Irvine. Anyway, it was great. And... um because you do all that and then you put the comedy on top of it but you you're like oblivious you know right and acting so the hard part about acting is you have to act like you're not acting you're just like oblivious and you're just going along and you know and you have no clue what you're doing well of course you know what you're doing you know like people is that go, why oh, so f is that why auditions are so weird yes, because yeah because you pick you pick a weird guy like that you're imitating <laughs> or something and it can go horribly wrong because it might not be right it could be it could be completely ridiculous to be this guy who talks like this you know you know it could be completely well, ridiculous well you make a choice you know and you commit to it i mean there's no there's no right way or wrong way to play a part you got to you pick you know and you can do it and the funny thing is people go oh uh, i know this guy he could do it every take different you know and and, 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 uh, well, if, that's not hard. If people go, it's so hard. I go, just pick a different emotion. I'll play your bored, play your happy, play your sad, cry. You're this, you're angry. I mean, it's not hard, you know, to, but what are you going to do? You got to pick something. They're only going to use one way in the movie, right? Uh, so you got to pick how you're going to play it. When you're, um, I know you mentioned your yes, father a couple Howard, of times. You had a, you had a yes, I have another question. <laughs> John, I, 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 I'm just curious. Your father was a doctor, and I know, like, because of where you guys grew up, your father was Michael Jackson's family doctor, right? And, right. uh, yeah. when he was younger. And, uh, you, your father <laughs> he was, very was successfully built Tarzana Hospital. You know, he was like the biggest internist in the valley, and he had 5,000 patients, you know. Wow. He was super smart. He remembered everything you learned in high school. And I'm like, so when, I go, I can't compete with that. Yeah, but you've got a type of intelligence that where you can memorize. Well, and you it's can, you different. Know, it's different, but it's an intelligence. And 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 John, yes. so when you decide to go to UC, where'd you go? UCLA for uh, college or whatever? UC wherever Irvine. You okay. When you go and you tell a guy like that, your father, who's a medical doctor, who understands, you know, like a real job, and you go to a college and waste your money and become an acting guy, you know? W was your family horribly disappointed in your choice? Well, no, he was, he was like supportive and not, you know, he, he, he was like, um, he, he had done, he wanted to be a singer and an opera singer to always sing and play music and stuff. So I, I said to him once, do you want me to be a doctor? And he goes, oh, I would never, 
He goes, look, and I would never tell you what to do. You know, he goes, I would love it, but, you know, do what you want. Because his mom kind of made him be a doctor. And my whole family, my dad was a doctor, his brother, my mother's brother is a, a, a world famous eye doctor, Robert Abraham. Every eye doctor you go, you ever heard of the Abraham lens? Go, Robert Abraham. Yes, the Abraham lens invented this lens they use to this day. Wow. You know? They're all these brilliant, you know, doctors. And my friends, like Lisa Kudrow, I grew up with their family. David's my best friend. David's a neurologist. His father was a doctor. My cousins, everybody. And I'm like, I can't do it. It was so, you know, a doctor's office is nothing. It's sterile. So he, I was a drama major. And then my first quarter, and I'm goofing off. He goes, John, what'd you get in acting? I go, C. He goes, well, John, how are you going to be a professional actor? You go, can't get an A in college. I need to compete against professionals. I go. Oh, yeah, you're right. So then I got it, like, I, I took it serious and got a B something. And then my third quarter, I got an A, and then I always got A's. And, right. But he was seriously. the kind of guy, he was like your parents. You know, you, you work your ass off and go, Dad, I can graduate, like, almost a year early, but I'm going to stay and learn. Well, as far as I'm concerned, you wasted your whole time there. I go, <laughs> you know, and I work my ass off. Or I get in the, he goes, you should go to the Groundlings Theater. So I'd get in. I'm only saying this to help people or have parents like this. So I get, after two and a half years working my ass off, I get in the ground. He told me about it for years. Go to the groundlings. You want to be a comedian. So I finally went. <laughs> when I was 25. I go, I'm just going to be a comedian. I drive from like Woodland Hills where I'm sharing a condo with my friend David Cooter, Lisa's brother. I drive from, you know, 20 miles. From, I get on the freeway after like a minute. I'm on the freeway sobbing. I'm so scared. I go, I'm going to be a comedian. No one's telling me to do this. I really, this is what I really want to do. I get to the groundlings and they go, well, you could be funny this way and this way. And I go, I'm home. I'm home. Right. I, I write notes on every class. Uh, my friend, John Andrews, dad, Ty Andrews, you know, uh, Captain Greer in the mod squad. Great actor. He, oh, helped yeah. me. he goes, John, you got it. So I finally got the courage to ask my friend, John, can you, can I ask your dad for help? Yeah. So Ty Andrews, big help. He goes, I go, I got in the ground. He goes, listen, you got to take it serious. You get out of it what you put into it. Don't just goof around. That's what these kids do. Okay. I took notes every class. I typed them up. I go to my teacher, look, what he goes, what's this? I go, it's your class. I took it like really serious. Like, and, I mean, very, like that was it. That's all I did. I didn't go, wow. I couldn't eat. <laughs> restaurant, go to movies. I was like totally dedicated. Anyway, after two and a half years, I go, dad, I got in the groundlings. Well, as far as I'm concerned, you, where's your old time there? I go, again? <laughs> I go, I go, listen, you don't know what you're talking about. And secondly, <laughs> I go, you're the one who told me to go here in the first place. You know, so it's just contrary, you know, and when you, like, you, you I hear you, you have the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And people go, sure that's do. why you made it. Cause he was hard on you. I go, no, no I <laughs> don't give him yeah, the credit. Uh, yeah. If you want to yeah. make it, get the abuse is the way to go. I go, I made it despite, despite. Right. Right. Good for you. Not because. Yeah. Despite, well, I would have made it sooner. You know, if your parents would have so said, right. Howard, you can go. You'd have gone, oh, okay. Because that, that's who you, they're God, you know. You mm -hmm. can do it. You think you believe in me? Yes. Okay. So, you know, you have to believe in yourself. You sure do. And I was it the last person from college that got in the union that got anything. I had one job for two weeks after college. <laughs> and the show, um, the paper chase the second year on cable. And that was it. I was a messenger. I was. A, I worked at a clothing store for uh, uh, Rick Palak. Uh, God bless Rick. He had all my. He's not alive, but anyway, Rick was great to me and hired me to work at his clothing store. And you know, I mean, I had these jobs of five bucks an hour, and I'm like, if I don't get my butt in gear, this is what I'm going to be doing. 
Did the old man see you get on Saturday Night Live and then uh, go into yeah, the movies? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he yeah. Did. And, yeah, and I remember he came in my mom, They came to the show, and at the end of the show, I'm you know you take your bow, and I remember looking down, and he had that. He was like beaming, and that was the best <laughs> feeling in the world. He couldn't yeah. have a, had a bigger smile, and I, yeah. you know, I was thrilled. You know, I'm like yes, but then, then you know, it's you know, and that, yeah. they never stop. I mean, I you, know. what do you, you, you know, you make a billion dollars on radio. When are you going to get a real job? <laughs> That's the truth. Uh, <laughs> hey, let me, uh, let me just say, first of all, thanks for coming in today and being George Santos. Uh, You're welcome. They, thanks for having me on your show, man. Yeah, no, I love it. And, and, and John Lovitz has a monthly residency in Las Vegas at the Laugh Factory at the Tropicana Hotel. He'll be there this Thursday through Saturday. Go over and see John. Tell him hello. Tell him you heard him on the show. And uh, he's you know, still be... funny. Yeah, he's still funny. Most people say it's impossible, <laughs> but he's still funny. Unlike and Robin, whose hair is, I have to say, very flattering. Red. Oh, yes. Thank you. A new hairdo. <laughs> I've not seen it. Very, it is. It looks very good. She's extremely uh, funny. Robin's still pretty. Mm. Oh, yeah. How do you like that? How do you like uh, that? Yeah, about that? And you uh, look the okay. same. You haven't aged, Howard. You haven't uh, aged please. today. Oh, boy, have I aged. Have <laughs> I aged? Have I? You know how you keep, you, uh, John keeps pointing to Jealous. his, um, the skin underneath his, uh, chin. And, you know, he's, he's making jokes about it. But I remember Toadie Fields. My Field. second remember face. The, do you remember the comedian Toadie Fields? She used to go on the Mike Douglas show and she had that, yeah. like, she had a double chin. And she'd sit there and say, you know, I do tremendous exercises with it. And she would go like this. She would start pounding her, her double chin under her neck and, and do this whole routine. I, I, it was the funniest fucking routine with her neck yeah. and her and, and all of that. Um, yeah. You look Don't great. Wait, stay thin. It is hard. It is. It is challenging. <laughs> listen, what do you got? You got a cough. You no, might have you the COVID. Listen. You might have the COVID, John. Uh, you, you're, you're coughing. I already got it. I got it twice. It's, you know, allergies and you cough. Well, Delightful. We, you love. No, I, had her, I had her horribly, really, really bad, really bad. I and I go. I didn't have any side effects. Then I was doing this uh, stand-up show, and I saw this woman. I go, she's hot. And I go, and then I looked at her again. I go, oops. Yes, I did lose my sense of taste. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it didn't work out, huh? John Lovitz, you gotta no, I go wasn't looking see at him. Anybody. It was a joke. John has a monthly residency in Las Vegas at the Laugh Factory. Go over and say hi at the Tropicana Hotel. What a time you'll have. And uh, he'll be there this Thursday through Saturday. You still enjoy yeah, this it? Still- this week has been, I've done everything you can possibly do. I did a movie in Cleveland that Martin wow. Sheen and Stacey Keacher, and I did like a day, but it was a fun movie called Lost and Found in Cleveland. Then Stacey Keach, what a great actor. Yeah. yeah. Great actor. And Martin Sheen and uh, 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 Loretta Vine and Dennis Haysbert, all these people. Then I flew to Friday, did the Tonight Show with Jimmy right. and did did that ver- a version of George Santos. Hung out at Saturday Night Live the next night. Then I'm here, and then and then tomorrow I take the, this game show I do. Funny you should ask. It's on syndication with you know it's like Hollywood Squares, but comedians telling jokes. And then I go to and then I do a live show in Vegas all in the same week. Wow, wow. you are Howard hotter Stern. than ever. You are hotter than ever, John. This is what people are saying in show business. Not just my looks, be. Howard. No, you got. Career, but <laughs> well, you. you are a good-looking man. And but I like no I like women. I like women. Yes. So just settle down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you meant my career. I'm sorry. I misunderstood. What about uh, love? Have you found love? That's the one thing I want to know. Have you found love, John Lovitz? Yes. You have. You're in love. 
Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Oh, he's ha- waving his five. hand. <laughs> no. Like a he's saying... five sisters. Right. No, I'm still, <laughs> looking, I'm still looking for love. Still looking for love. You will find. Times. I've had a lot of girlfriends for a long time. You know, right. stuff. Yeah, it is hard. It is hard to, uh, you know, to find that one, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, it's tough. I mean, I kind of make it tough. Like, I'll be in bed with a woman, right? And I get so excited that I go, uh, and now I'm in. <laughs> Not a good idea. <laughs> wow. That's what you say. You make an announcement. Now I'm in. How can you not? Wouldn't you? <laughs> it's so exciting. It's right. fantastic. Yeah, you can't sure, believe you it. Know, all due right. respect with your wife, you, the first time you're like, oh my God, I <laughs> first, did it. John, first <laughs> time. Are you kidding? Every time I'm like, woo, you, this is what this, someone's letting me do this. This is wild. I know, but then it gets worse. I laugh, and then I'm like, uh, and then I finish, and I go, you're welcome. <laughs> and, I go, and now I'm going to get a hamburger. And they're like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> See, you're my kind of guy. I, I, I would think that's wonderful, a man who can make a woman you'd, laugh, right? You'd stay with him, right? <laughs> oh, I, I sure as hell would. I can make them laugh and have an orgasm at the same time. <laughs> what a man. They don't know what to do. They're like, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times I get a headache. Mm. John, you've done it again. You just made everyone feel good about their lives, about their... Everyone is going to go see you now. Thank you. That's the, very uh, nice of you to say. You bet. Anyway, thank you for doing this today. I was so excited because everyone was screaming on the internet, John Lovitz has got to be George Santos. And, of course, Jimmy <laughs> Fallon grabbed you right away. And... Uh, I grabbed you right away. Now, and you said you were hanging out Saturday night at Saturday Night Live, but they didn't make you the liar, George Santos. They had the other guy do it. I don't know his yeah. name, uh, but he was uh, he did a good job, right? Did we like his job that he did, George Santos? Yeah, I he was, it was funny. Good. He's a funny guy. Um, yeah. God, why am I blank? I got to think of his name. That's not good. Uh, Bowen Yang. Better look. Yeah. Bowen Yang. What's yeah. 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 He's tall. He walked by. Is he? He's tall. I know he's like, yeah, he's tall. Can't tell. I'm like 6'2", and he was like, my God. Right. Hey, by I the mean, way. I six two. Remember, I was at the time I was taller than you when I first met you. I don't know if you when I first that. met you, you towered over me. And then uh, <laughs> right? somehow, now I tower over you. By the way, know, and, and let's put it out there before you leave, John, that uh, you are uh, probably going to be dating uh, Emily Ratajkowski next, right? Is that correct? Because <laughs> yes, uh, you have a theory yes. about this, that she wants... Comedians Funny now, men, yes. Eric yeah. Andre, Pete Davidson have stated her. Right. And I feel you're yeah, next guy in line. That can make her laugh, right? And I mean, who, I'll who, make who, her. Who, yeah, you'll make her throw up. She'll uh, laugh so hard. Yes, yes. At the very <laughs> least, <laughs> yeah. And that's what uh, women like throwing up. Thin. Yes, John. Uh, you speak the truth, uh, John Lovitz. Thanks, man. Thanks for uh, getting up early today and uh, doing this. You're the best. <laughs> yeah. Again, 4.30. You're welcome. But I'm thrilled to, to be on your show with you and Robin. And uh, thank you. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you. Great Thanks, to John. have And I'll be here. on again. And yeah. Fantastic. Now. Anytime. Well, hey, listen, George Santos ain't going anywhere. You got to, we got to work up a whole nother script. Uh, everybody, John Lovitz, uh, the great John Lovitz. There you go. I ran into John uh, years ago. It's the truth. I was at my gym. 
at a gym. And, and John <laughs> came in and he was working. I was working out. And we looked at each other. And we go, have you ever seen two sorrier looking guys working out? Like we were, you know, we were hitting the weights. We were trying everything. Uh, Made no difference. Made no difference. Well, anyway, let me um, let me end this uh, laugh fest, Robin. I was going to yes. read you the uh, fan mail. People wrote in about um, Stephen A. Smith. Robin and I on the weekend were talking about uh, Stephen oh, yes. A. Uh, yeah, we were absolutely. very impressed with him. We really liked him. You know, Ralph said to me, Stephen A. Smith was so good on your show. He goes, he shouldn't have left. He should have stayed and stayed a little longer. And I said, I think the guy had to go do his own show. I don't know, Ralph. Yeah, I think was, that was the problem, that he has that a show. <laughs> Ralph felt he should have dropped everything and stayed on our show. But um, <laughs> anyway, you know what? Tomorrow, we have an open day. We'll get to the fan mail. We'll get to um, a little phony phone call where uh, you'll like this, where I play a drag queen, little Ooh. Howard the drag queen. You're going to okay. like that. Yes. Uh, starring myself and uh, Chris Wilding. Uh, it's a, oh. we, we Yes. And um, also. Can't wait to what hear a, what the premise is of that little get oh. together. It, it's going to take me 15 minutes to uh, build up the premise. <laughs> so it's a masterpiece. Um, Wednesday, Pamela Anderson will be here. I haven't seen Pamela yep. in a long time. I'm looking forward to that. Coming wow. Wednesday. Wow. Howard reunites with actress, activist, and 13-time Playboy cover girl, Pamela Anderson. I'm a button pusher. I think I provoke people into craziness because it seems that even in my relationships, I drive people completely insane. Did you ever say to yourself, oh, my God, how did this really happen? Oh, all the time. I don't know how it really happened. I don't know how I'm still doing what I'm doing. She's just so loose and fun, and I love her. Pamela Anderson, everyone. Only on Wednesday's Howard Stern Show.